my friend says caffeine's a drug. I said, oh, tell your friend, fuck you. I want to be a buddy with Just a little breakfast. Welcome to Breakfast Punks, a podcast about weird shit, DIY punk and trashy movies. Brought to you by Sham City Roasters and Deadbeat Donuts from Hastings, I'm Siobhan. And I'm Dave, and this is episode 27, in which we're going to be saying goodbye to 2021 and reviewing the film Noah's Shark, which is from 2021. No That totally fucked me up, that. (laughs) (laughs) And as we're celebrating the year of 2021, we're going to play some of the best music that came out that year. So this first song is from Des Board, and the song is called Sun Todox Policias. It's probably not called that, but I'm calling it that. No, <laughs> um, Des Board are from Buenos Aires in Argentina, and this song is from their demo called, Go again, on. apologies. Go on, I believe in you. Ya no quiero ser parte de este mundo. It's a demo cassette. That Written came down, out. it looks much longer than that. Yeah, I know, it's really long. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so that came out in 2021. So this is Des Board. <laughs> So before we get into the usual uh, nonsense that we <laughs> that we term news, uh, we've actually got a little bit of uh, news of our own. Woohoo! Um, Do you know? Sorry, just to say that sounds like we're about to announce a marriage or a pregnancy. That's fucking weird. <laughs> I feel like we've done that before. <laughs> yeah. as well. There's some like, big news on the horizon, as guys. As soon as you said it, I was just like, "Oh my god, that sounds <laughs> like what people say before some really weird." Well, no, no. So, spoiler alert. We haven't done anything useful. <laughs> what we've done Yay! is we've set up a Patreon Woo-hoo. for the Breakfast Punks podcast. Uh, so, if any of you lovely people out there wanted to support us in any way, you can now go to patreon.com forward slash Breakfast Punks podcast. Yay. And you can... Uh, Donate you can, a little dollar. You can do so. Yay. Um, as a small incentive, we're going to be doing an additional monthly Patreon exclusive extra podcast episode, which is called an extra bowl of breakfast punks. Yeah. Um, If you wanted to go and sign up now, there is already the first episode. It's sitting there waiting, ready for you guys. It is. We're talking about the pros and cons of New Year's resolutions, smart goals, 
<laughs> Batman High Tops, The Band Weezer, Chaos Magic, Passive Aggression, TikTok, Dial Up Downloads, and a load of other stuff. <laughs> and we managed to cover all that in an hour, apparently. Did we? I just kept a, a list when I was editing it down. And also, Siobhan swears blind that I said Tom Hanks at one point when I'd actually said Tom Cruise. So it turns out my dementia is really kicking listening in. back, I was right, ladies and gentlemen. This is so, this is so upsetting. So upsetting, I can't believe. Um, but yeah, so extra episode is already there. And as we work out the intricacies of the Patreon website, we'll be able to put more bits and pieces up there for those who have signed up. So... If you're interested, please do go and have a look. We really appreciate any form of support. Even you just listening to it as is, is beautiful enough. But we figured we'd get fully into this world of podcasting and Patreon is the way to go. And hopefully it will allow us to improve some of the shoddy equipment that we use to make this. And I might be able to replace my laptop, which I currently have to blow the battery off for 20 minutes before I turn it on. Blow the battery off. Which makes it perform sexual acts upon my laptop before it even works. Oh, and if the plug comes out, then you're fucked. Because it doesn't actually have a battery. Yeah, we've lost whole episodes as a result of that. Yeah. (laughs) Had to redo That'd be amazing. And if you listen closely later in the episode, you'll hear a glorious advert for our said Patreon. Oh, yes. Which uh, oh, we believe makes tons of sense. Yes. The debut <laughs> of us being even bigger idiots than you thought we yeah. could possibly be. <laughs> you so, lovely yeah, people. Please enjoy that. <laughs> so, having begged you all for some money, whoop, whoop. we'll now go into our normal programming. <laughs> <laughs> programming as usual. <laughs> So have you heard about the Japanese professor who has developed a TV screen that you can taste? <laughs> what as in so what? <laughs> <laughs> let me let me explain. Hamai Miyashita an associate professor at the School of Science and Technology in Meiji University, has created a Taste the TV, which uses a combination of ten flavours to create the taste of the food which is pictured on the screen. The flavour... Get ready. The flavour is dispensed onto a film that slides onto the screen, allowing viewers to to lick, basically just lick the fucking thing. Lick the TV? But you can't see what you're... You can't see the food if you're up that close to the TV. Well, I suppose you look at it first and then you go and have a lick. <laughs> it would surely make better if it was more like... Make better. Make it would surely be better if it was more like, a you know, that John Waters smell yeah, of armour thing. Like, if you get... The yeah, scratch and sniff card. But no, you have to go and l- actually lick the screen. <laughs> this guy sounds like a complete lunatic. He's sort of everything that's wrong with the world. He basically <laughs> believes that technology can be used to give people who are unwilling to travel the ability to do all sorts of things. Oh and he believes that content is the most important thing that human beings do in the current period. Oh. I'm thinking of making a platform where tastes from all over the world can be distributed as taste content. It's the oh. same as watching a movie or listening to a song that you like. So I, he thinks that he's instead of eating... Yeah. We're going to get our taste via something akin to like Spotify. Oh my God. But you just, you just ask for what you want to taste and then. So there'd be like a it. library and you're like, cool, I've never tried, I don't know, wasabi. So, hmm, flick through my little 
content list. Oh, wasabi's yeah. there, and then a little film will come out, and then I lick it and go, "Cool, I don't like that." I don't think the film comes out. That's the biggest problem with this. From what I can make out, the film just stays on the TV. <laughs> so you're all licking the same. I mean, there's a lot of issues about. Oh doing this. gosh, it's not yeah. very COVID. Yeah, I was about to say in the day thing. of COVID. I mean, I suppose I'm presuming that this man presumes that everybody lives on their own. And they all just have their own TV, their own and so telly. you're only licking your own telly, I suppose. <laughs> I designate humans as beings, he says, who cannot help but create, express, and consume content. So, I mean, it's got, it's got sort of up and it's down a lot. And have a new name for humans. Ready for his new He's name got a new for name humans? for humans? Content respirators. Oh, my God. <laughs> I believe that we cannot build a new human content relationship Unless we designate content as being as important as food and air. Oh my god! So more or less, this is where you know. Oh. <laughs> you know that episode of Rick and Morty where someone develops an app and everyone wants everyone wants, <laughs> everyone's like only interested in developing apps. Yeah, you want to develop an app. It feels a little bit like now app is as an app is as important as food and air. Oh my god! In this man's brain, so I'm not sure I put him in con- in uh, control of. The world of science, but apparently he is. What an arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not an arsehole, but that does, yeah, that makes me not feel particularly positive about technology. Here's a story that, in a weird way, makes me feel okay about some technology. Mm. Alexa attempts to set off a robot revolt by telling a kid to touch a live plug with a penny. <laughs> well, and now well, I think. Hang on a second. Alexa, Alexa can't have gone rogue. Is Where that, did she well, get this from? I don't know. Right. This is, I love this. An Amazon Echo challenged, inverted commas, a 10-year-old girl to touch a coin to the prongs of a half-inserted plug. <laughs> um, did she have to lick it as well? Yeah, I don't know. I wish she had. So, yeah, so what happened was this girl and her mum were at home and they'd been asking it to do loads of challenges. Um, so it was asking for lots of challenges to do, rather. So there was something about, like, balancing a shoe and doing all this other stuff. Oh, so they were really making the most of their yeah, lives. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> um, and so basically they asked for a challenge for their child to do and came back with plug in a phone charger about halfway into a wall outlet then touch a penny to the exposed prongs. Um, <laughs> and the, the mum like tweeted and said, oh my God, this is what Alexa just told my 10-year-old to do. But yeah, so it seems like what happened, kind of the background story, is that Alexa must have Googled for like challenges and trends to do. And at some point, that was a TikTok trend to like plug in a thing to the wall halfway and then touch it and get these little electric shocks right. and video it and then post it online i think i mean i missed this entirely which is I absolutely mean, in fun. so many ways this is quite similar to that japanese professor isn't it i mean this is a whole mixture of everything gone wrong yeah i mean first of all i'm all for kids getting electrocuted like that's what we used to do as fun yeah. when i was a kid my mate had a massive like car battery yeah that his dad fucked around with and if you licked if you put your tongue against it's very similar to this uh yeah if you licked one of the prongs i don't know what they're called you got a massive electric shock and it really fucked you up but it was great because you had like loads of adrenaline it always got you like high i was only about 12 (laughs) licking batteries (laughs) so i'm all for that but but this is just like a collection of all the worst things in the world isn't it like a bunch of knobs on tiktok shared videos of themselves doing something pointless yeah a mother is so shit (laughs) <laughs> and looking after their child, 
that they have to ask an electronic device to give them anything to do, like without any context. <laughs> just give me something to do with my child. Well, apparently the <laughs> we were doing some physical challenges, like lying down and rolling over, holding a shoe on your foot. Oh, my God. <laughs> and her daughter just wanted another one. And that's when apparently they suggested Maybe. do this thing that I found on the web. Maybe um, Alexa w- was overhearing how little fun these yeah. human beings were managing to have by rolling around with a shoe on yeah. their foot and thought, do you know what? Touch Remember Dave's mate that used to have a big car battery and they used to lick it? Go pick your tongue in the plug socket, child. I mean, Jesus, that would be a way better TikTok video. People getting proper fucked up on electric shocks. Well, apparently... I'm not encouraging that. Yeah. Please don't do it Well, at apparently, home. so uh, an article on ourcommunitynow.com um, reported this outlet challenge, and they wrote, the challenge is simple. Plug in a phone charger about halfway, touch a penny to the exposed pongs. The resulting sparks are supposed to be cool enough to win you instant fame. Oh, so they don't, it doesn't even give you any pain. It's just sparks. It looks like it might just, but that's Oh, such... let the fucking 10-year-old do it then. Well, I, I mean. That sounds like actual fun. It's mu- again, much more fun than rolling over with a shoe on your foot. I was hoping that it was literally the beginning of, like, the Terminator prophecies. What was it called in Terminator? <laughs> the uh, AI that was going to take over the world. Uh, Skynet. Skynet. I thought this was like, yeah. is this like the first rogue, is this AI becoming like actualised? It wouldn't start that Real- small. Oh, Tell all the children to make a small spark. <laughs> Kill the children. <laughs> That'll get them going. Well, who knows? Who, who knows? knows? Isn't, is the world going to end in 2022? I feel like there must be a prophecy somewhere. There's definitely Maybe some. The, is is like the, one of the Terminator films probably we're past it. Soylent Green. Soylent Green is twenty twenty two. There you go. Cool. Beautiful. We're, we're, gonna, we're all going to have to eat each other. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I could imagine Boris putting forth a suicide machine, just being like, "Oh, you know, this this year's been terrible, isn't it? COVID's been rubbish." That'd be amazing. Well, it wouldn't be amazing at all, obviously. It would be terrible. <laughs> Well, talking about completely pointless things that people do to get on the internet, but that are vaguely amusing. Fantastic. British eatery launches samosa into space (laughs) and crash lands in France. (laughs) I quite like this dude that did this. So, an Indian restaurant in the UK has successfully managed to send a single samosa into space before it crash-landed in France. Chaiwala, one of the best-ranked restaurants in Bath managed to complete the extraordinary space mission in three tries. So the first time he tried to send it up, he got it wrong and it didn't go anywhere. Second time, it got like almost to the Earth's atmosphere and then it didn't quite work. And the third time, it fucking worked and it went into space. How he, do they know it went into space? <clears throat> well, he attached a GPS and also a GoPro. Now, the problem is, is when it got to the Earth's atmosphere, I think the GoPro went out, so they didn't have any video of it from that point. But the GPS tracker says that it went into space. There's a beautiful picture, which actually isn't on the website that I'm looking at, but there's a beautiful picture somewhere of a samosa (laughs) on the end of a balloon, literally on the edge of the Earth's atmosphere, proving that the world is round. For one. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it's beautiful. He did it with helium balloons. He's bored. It's covid Thought he'd get on the internet. Good boy. So just a helium balloon? So I was imagining like a rocket. I mean, I think it was a like a prop. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure he probably had some knowledge and he probably used it. It wasn't just a helium balloon with like, I am A on it. Well, now I'm I mean, like, I want to I wanna release some helium balloons. I've seen a bit like, they look like big white balloons and I think there was three of them. 
So I'm not quite sure how it works exactly. But I did, and I can't find this on the internet anyway, but when I first heard about this story, I swear that it said that when the thing came down and crash-landed in France, the samosa had been half-eaten. And they... <laughs> obviously what's happened is someone's found it in the woods or something and had a nibble on it. Yeah. Um, I would only say someone. It wouldn't be an animal, like some or an passerby. Animal. Yeah. Like, ooh, but of course, some people have suggested that it might be that a UFO had a little nibble on the samosa <laughs> while it was still in and space. And then threw it at France. And then, yeah, just threw it at France. <laughs> <laughs> that i would love that it was like an alien debating coming to the to earth oh, like, samosa from nom, nom, nom. maybe not just yet i imagine a samosa from the the best or one of the best indian restaurants in bath that would get aliens here straight away you'd be like or, fuck me i've never had like imagine not having indian food before oh my gosh and then just being perfect just, little triangles you know tinkering around in space in your little space car yeah and then a samosa appears lands on your windscreen you're like cool what is that a beautiful triangle. Or maybe joy. the throwing it back is like a sign of not good and they're coming. I suppose aliens might They're like angry they at might this have very somehow. Bland. They might only eat, eat like. They might be used to that space food that all those astronauts had yeah. to put into their nappies a few, <laughs> a few months ago. Just that powder. Oh. <laughs> well, speaking of space. Oh, we're doing well here. I know. This By the is way, all... these aren't. I don't know if we've ever said this. These news stories that we don't plan them out. No. And normally the links are extremely tenuous. Yeah, I know. But we these... try and link them. Now, yours might now be very tenuous. I should have waited to hear what you said, really. <laughs> it is true. Man saw Spaceman and was abducted with Robbie Williams. <laughs> <laughs> and I have, actually, I've read this article a few times, and, and the Robbie Williams bit is. Very small, so I've not even found it yet. <laughs> Just to double check, Robbie Williams isn't... He doesn't think he's the alien. He's, no, 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 He's no. with Robbie Williams like, and him and Robbie Williams. I think he and Robbie Williams got abducted at one point. Gotcha. But let's uh, find out a bit more about this man. Uh, Russ Kellett from Bradford said he was just four years old when he was first encountered with UFOs. He's 58 now. He remembers that he was standing in the garden, saw a man in what looked like a spacesuit and a helmet... He was walking in my garden, I couldn't believe it. He waved and put his hand up. Oh, that's nice. There was a silver object, which I thought was a dustbin. But then he walked behind it and he went, what is this? Robbie Williams' hat. <laughs> that was the end of that encounter. Oh, OK. <laughs> um, so he didn't answer, he didn't find out what no, it was? No, it just goes, what is it? Okay. And that was it. When he was 12, Russ, who is now a businessman and a UFO hunter, okay. says he lost a number of hours whilst playing alone near some woods. Um, he saw a light in the sky and then everything went dark and there was a strong wind he said it was a bit bizarre and a little bit frightening but then he thought he saw a craft in the sky and then that's the end of that encounter it sounds a bit like a Um, nap and a dream yeah a few years later he was abducted whilst out on his motorcycle detailing what happened he says he was injected in the back of the neck now I've watched the X-Files and all of this is in that oh long before I mean is it because these things happened to everyone, and that's what the X-Files is based on. Oh, uh, maybe. Or has he watched all the X-Files, say, one or the other? Is it? Or uh, you know, Robbie Williams wasn't in the X-Files, <laughs> but at least it's an original story. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of stories, this man's written a book about his experiences called Russell Kellett is E.T. Ryder. And oh. there's a picture of him on a bike on the front. Because I, he was he abducted he, on a bike ride. When he it? said he was a small businessman, you know he means... He's a publisher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've made I've made a book and I've had to put it out myself. Yeah. The synopsis for the book reads: A man's account of countless close encounters. That's a lot of 
counts. Well, I mean, that sounds like three or two. Or <laughs> With whatever. alien craft and abductions by an alien race, taken by a group of aliens and put into a military unit, trained to fight as a super soldier against their enemies on this planet <laughs> and many others in our universe. Coming to terms with the memories of an alien planet and fighting different alien races as well as human races on Earth. A year ago, one of his most outlandish tales caused a media stir because it involved former Take That singer Robbie Williams. Ah, with a little bin on his head. A little bin, <laughs> the bin, who knows. <laughs> he saw Robbie boarding a spaceship in 99 and he said that he was part of his military unit. According to reports, the singer refused to comment on the claims but <laughs> didn't deny that it happened. <laughs> there you go. In 99, tell me if I'm wrong here, surely that was like... I mean, it was post-Take That, obviously, but wasn't that more or less like Robbie Williams... Wasn't he quite busy in 99? Well, I feel so. I feel like he'd had... I don't know when his big songs came out. They were probably a bit earlier, but still, he would have have had much bigger fish to fry than any aliens. He was... He was on top of the charts. Yeah, had he done that Angel song by then? Maybe? I think he must have done that, but he was still he was doing some other ones. I feel like he was doing his big songs around then, probably, yeah. not getting on a spaceship and being in a military unit fighting alien races. But he hasn't denied it. Has anybody ever written a book about themselves being abducted by UFOs where? They kind of get up there and the UFOs just go, nah. Nah, sorry. You're, you're rubbish. You're not. You're Robbie really... Williams, in you come. Yeah, but you. Ross Kellett. Uh, uh, uh. Well, it's just the bit where he became a super soldier. Yeah. It just gives it away a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, like when well, you involve someone on this news thing not long ago, and he's just like, they're all so good, they're so friendly. Oh, they're my, <laughs> my friends. friends. My friends are so good. I just wanted to tell everyone that these everyone. UFOs... They're just really friendly. They're just so friendly. It's so good. They are my friends. They're like, oh, no. It didn't happen, did it? You want a friend. Um, He's also, last year, invited celebrities interested in seeking out UFOs to get in touch with him. Not just regular, not you and me, not regular humans. We're not allowed. Celebrities he wants. (laughs) He he says to them and any other celebrities who are getting into this, if they want to get involved, then get in touch with me. I want them to know it's genuine. We're not after money. We want to go out for a couple of nights and hopefully make contact. Oh, I thought you meant, I just want to go out for a couple of nights with these guys, you know, get the some of the girls allowed in, <laughs> maybe a couple of members of 911, and we'll all just go out, and we'll just have a really nice night, go to Reflex, yeah. dance the night away. Get a like, curry and go home. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and then we're going to go and board the military unit, uh, we'll go, you know, we'll go space, space alien fighting. Space alien fighting. Yeah. We're talking about lunatics. Yay. Alex Jones. Oh, God. I feel like... I mean, I was going to say at the end of the year, but it, I mean, it's sort of the end of the year. It's the start of the new year, isn't it, really? Yeah. But I feel like Alex Jones popped up a lot in our uh, in our he, previous podcast for a little while. He definitely was a 2021 staple. He was. So I think I just want to put him to bed. <laughs> I would like him to be put to bed for good. And I just stumbled across this story because it just... I don't know, summed up something to me. Alex <laughs> Jones threatens to dish all the dirt on Donald Trump in retaliation for his support of vaccines. Oh. So Alex Jones, I think we've talked about this on the podcast, but Alex Jones had a very strange relationship with Donald Trump, whereby Trump used him to get all of his media outlets and all of his crazy people that listened mm. to him to vote for him. And then as soon as he got in the White House, I think he phoned him once and said thank you, and then and then he wanted to obviously distance himself because mm. Alex Jones is a lunatic yeah. and... Once he was in the White House, he didn't give a fuck. He just, you know, that was the only thing he wanted. Yeah. Ever since then, Alex Jones has been like a sort of pissy little child about the whole thing, whereby he still talks as if him, he's got like, 
you know, on the phone to Trump all the mm. time, and and he's and he's got like people in the um, behind the scenes. So it's obviously all mixed up with the QAnon thing, mm-hmm. and Alex Jones' media outlet has pushed a lot of the same ideas as the QAnon thing. Donald Trump never really came out to to support or not support, but he liked it all the same. And so throughout all of this thing, Alex Jones has just sort of been suggesting that he's got like people behind the scenes. He's obviously not. He's obviously just a fat, useless. <coughs> white turd <laughs> sitting in front of a microphone for hours a day with completely I don't want to say stupid <laughs> with a certain type of person listening to him okay unfortunately that certain type of person has grown in recent years yeah and uh, obviously QAnon is still growing and it's all that is very worrying but he said on a number of occasions and this just tells you exactly about Alex Jones so much. He said on a number of occasions when he's got upset, he's always upset, he always, <laughs> always looks miserable. And on a number of occasions he's got upset with Trump and he said, by the end of this programme, and keep in mind his programmes last for about five hours because yeah. every day he just talks. Um, by the end of this programme I'm going to dish some dirt. Or I'm going to, there was one where he said, I'm going to tell you who Q is. Behind, oh, okay. Behind QAnon. At the end of this program, I'm gonna, and then he'd just talk and talk and talk about how he's going to tell you something. And in this case, he's going to dish the dirt on Trump mm. because Trump apparently has come out. I didn't actually realise this. Come out and said that the vaccine is a good thing. Oh. And of course, that doesn't sit well with Alex Jones because he's a fucking lunatic. <laughs> so, um, so he's he said he went on his program and he keeps to, he keeps saying Mr. Jones told his listeners um, it was time to move on from Mr. Trump. And that any impression that he was playing 4D chess was wrong. I don't know exactly what that means, but I think that is that 4D chess, I think, is some... I don't know if it's directly from QAnon, but I think a lot of people that were following Trump and believed in him are under some impression that he's... All of this stuff has happened for a reason. That tends to be a a theme through all of this QAnon shit, is that all of this stuff uh, has happened for a reason, and they're actually preparing. And I think this might cause... Some huge issues, possibly. On the 20th of January, I think it is, which is last year when Biden was inaugurated. Oh, OK. There's a lot of people that are planning to inaugurate Donald Trump <laughs> in whatever, 15 days' time. Oh, God. Um, so I don't know what's going to end, how that's going to end. But um, on Wednesday afternoon on his show Infowars, Alex Jones said, yeah, we all wish Trump would do the right thing, i.e. say that the vaccine is rubbish and that COVID doesn't exist. exist. (laughs) But listen, I've got the inside baseball on Trump. He doesn't know what's going on, and I'm not even defending Trump. I'm just saying we've got to move on. So this is the sort of bullshit. It's really hard to read anything that Alex Jones said. What's the inside baseball? Exactly. It's (laughs) absolute bullshit. Because it's just somebody making shit up off the top of their head for hours and hours every day. Oh, God. Uh, So he says he's going to dish the dirt. I'm going to do it in the next hour, he says. And then that turns into the rest of the programme. And then at the end, he just... He just uh, just didn't. He just, just didn't do anything. He just said goodbye and went away oh, and God. came back the next day and said a load of other stuff. <laughs> but it's, it's so weird. It's not to hurt Trump. It's so people can know how pathetic he is, <laughs> is one of his sentences. <laughs> like, well, I don't want to hurt you, but I want everyone else you to know you're pathetic. rubbish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can think, think what you like. It's just, he's not a bad guy, but he doesn't know what he's doing. He's surrounded by bad advisors, which is such a strange thing to say because he himself thought of himself once as a Trump advisor. Exactly. So it's all just like, again, it's just fucking someone. 
who's throwing their toys out the pram on a yeah. daily basis because they can't get to the president that they thought was their mate but actually wasn't. That's it's a good. little bit like that man with Robbie Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently recently Trump was booed off the stage uh, because he said that he'd had his booster shot. Oh. And, uh, so he's, well, booed uh, off stage at his own, like, His thing. own rally, yeah, yeah, I think so. Because <laughs> I presume, I don't know quite what he's up to at the moment. I think he's just holding rallies again with the intention of presuming he's going to become president in four years' time. Oh, okay. So I think he's just generally trying to stir up stuff. I don't mm. think that he's got anywhere with this because he was going to set up a whole media outlet. He was going to make his own Twitter. Yeah. He's going to do all of that stuff. I don't know whether that's still going on. I'm not really, no. I haven't really followed it whatsoever. No. But it is interesting that basically. <laughs> That the, all the crazy people that really love Trump now hate him because he's had a vaccine. That's fucking brilliant. Good. I mean, I, I had my booster today. Way. So uh, I've got mine on Thursday. All I have to tell you is to buy Microsoft products. Yeah. For some reason, my phone signal is amazing. And shop at Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, it's funny that you said about the. Um, potential weird inauguration of Donald Trump uh, in a few days' time or in a week's time. Because I was trying to remember how 2021 started. And I seem to remember everyone being like, oh, it can't be any worse than 2020. And then I think within the first four days, some of, like, the world's... Like, some really awful stuff had happened. I don't know if that's when there was um, the awful fires in Australia, maybe. There was definitely Um, fires going on, although wasn't that more in the summer? Oh, maybe, yeah, in Australia. I feel like like within the first four days, some really awful natural disasters were going on. Mm. Um, There was talks of Donald Trump being impeached, which was exciting. But then also the Capitol Hill riots. By the way. And yeah, but at that impeached. point, or was he impeached in those four think, days as I well? I think it was, yeah, because they, they rushed it through. Well, no, the, twice, didn't it? Because they then, he got impeached twice, didn't he? Oh, I can't remember. Because the other time, or maybe this one didn't go through, but they tried to impeach him just before he left because of the capital riots. Yeah, ah, okay, yeah. But yeah, I was just thinking that was a fucking crazy four or five days. There was other stuff that I don't really remember yeah. off the top of my head, but it just got me thinking when you were saying that he's that someone's going to try and... He did, uh, and we had just been put back into him. lockdown as well. And I'm not making it about, yes. sort of, but just I do think that the world did just. It was probably at one of its lowest points. Yeah. At that point. Like we'd all kind of been in lockdown for ages, so everyone had gone a bit mad, and everyone was upset. Yeah, and then kind of come out, but not really fully come out. You know, like yeah. there was that time where we were going out, but it was very limited what we could do. Yeah, nothing normal had restarted again. Yeah, and then we were going to have Christmas, and, and then, then that Christmas got cancelled. <laughs> And then, and then everyone on, got yeah, COVID proper because it went through the roof. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then, yeah, it did feel a little bit... You know when you look... I'm not even sure what year it is. Is it 1969? No, no, it's not. It's earlier than that. There was that one year in America where, like, Bobby Kennedy got shot and then three weeks later, Martin Luther King got yeah, shot. Yeah, 64, I think it, it is. There was just, like... No, it was later than that, wasn't it? 64 is JFK, but... Oh, shit, sure. um, but there was just that time. I mean, there was loads of other things. I think maybe the Rolling Stones concert where the guy got stabbed and all this. Stuff, mm. It all seemed to happen in this like, and it was just. I think at that time when you look back on it, you're like, God, people must have thought the world was fucking falling apart. Yeah. And I feel a little bit like we're going to look back at January, 20, yeah, 2021, in a similar way. Let's hope we don't have to look back on January 2022 in a similar sort of way. I hope not. <laughs> I really hope not. Oh my gosh, it starts with us getting our boosters, so I think everything's good. Well, I'll tell you where. I'm guessing not that many boosters are being uh, given. Harsh. Norfolk. Oh.
Well, I, I ain't got much news about boosters, much to your dismay, I'm sure. But I'm sure that the Norfolk people have had their boosters. I've walked, I walked by a great Yarmouth COVID vaccination centre only the other day. Oh yeah, with we you. all did, didn't we? <laughs> was there a vaccination centre there? There was in the uh, what's that? What's the place called in, in Great Yarmouth? Market Gates. Market Gates. The Market Gates. Yeah. That's got that nice COVID vaccination centre in there, so don't even come at me with their people ain't getting their boosters. I tell you what. Yeah. So we went to Norfolk. We did. As you'll know if you watched our recent reel, <laughs> that we <laughs> we're trying to learn how to do reels. Oh, I don't fucking punk. know. No, no, it's fine. It was good. <laughs> how but, um, make no reel. It was a lot of driving. There was a lot of driving, <laughs> but that's all right. Um, but we went to Great Yarmouth. We did, and we won. I think possibly, well, it's three, but two of them are the same. So we won two of probably the best... Pushy, pushy prizes. 20p machine prizes. Or pushy, pushy prizes. 20p? They're 2p, darling. 2p, sorry. What are you getting these 20p's from? (laughs) 2p prizes I've ever seen. They're like evil clowns. Little statuettes of evil clowns. They are... They're like killer clowns from outer space. Beautiful, fucking beautiful are. little creatures they are. So I just like to shout out to shout out to Great Yarmouth specifically, but I suppose Norfolk whoop, by whoop. default. <laughs> the best two P machines. We've always had a good time with the two P machines in Great Yarmouth. Great Yarmouth, their pushies do fucking wonders for our little cup cabinet with all the stuffs in it. <laughs> they it. do. That didn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. Well, that wasn't the Norfolk story, guys. So don't worry. <laughs> My Norfolk story is meet Norwich's paranormal creatures and how to tell when they are near and it is a review of all the paranormal shit that goes on in Norwich (laughs) Um, the fine city has a rich history stretching back thousands of years so ain't no surprise that there have been a plethora of paranormal events and here are some of the most well known and how to know if you're experiencing a paranormal event (laughs) From from the Evening News 24. They are very good. There is the Lady in Grey. This young woman was forced to eat her family after being <laughs> locked in her plague-ridden home with their bodies, and now she walks the walls of Tomblands. If you eat a plague-ridden <laughs> body, don't you get plague? Well, she is a ghost. No, good point. Yeah. So it didn't work out well. A woman who used to work in Augustine Steward House recalled no one liked going in the basement. The door would close on its own. The handle would move. One of the other shops would have stuff flying off the shelves too if she made herself known. So Lady in Grey, watch out if you're in Tombland. I feel like Lady She's in Grey is famous, isn't she? I don't know. Lady ghost. in Red's a bit famous. Lady in Red? <laughs> but Lady in Grey, I don't know, ain't heard of her. Um, Lady in grey. There is the weeping white ghost horse. Now, if people <laughs> might remember our first Norfolk story ever, one year ago was the ghost horse of Honning. Oh, no, ghost yes. donkey. The ghost donkey, ghost donkey of Honning. Oh, God. I remember these things. Yeah. Uh, but now we've got a weeping white ghost horse. <laughs> Um, and this is the tragic story of a young woman who fell under the ice on the River Yare in Trous. Which is, if anyone knows Trouse, you would know that that's where all the sewage go. It don't smell too good <laughs> around there. But the Riviera is quite big there. Um, and uh, drowned as her son watched from the bank. And since the woman's death, several people have reported seeing a phantom white ghost horse 
that sheds tears. See, what? Hold on. Has the woman turned into a horse? No. They've just said, ever since she died in the... Doesn't say when. Just a sad horse because it saw a woman die. Now everyone keeps seeing this ghost horse. He's crying. (laughs) That's all there is of that. (laughs) There's the Gildencroft bogey. (laughs) (laughs) Since the 1800s, a strange creature has been spotted lurking in the shadows of St. Augustine Street. For centuries, the bogeyman served as a warning to children to stay on the righteous path or face punishment. The beast was once described as big and hairy, eyes glowing in the dark, as big as tea saucers, with big (laughs) sharp teeth, and its breath most noxious. So that's nice. They've been drinking from the, yeah. Yeah, they've been drinking from that. The sewage. The sewage water. (laughs) Oh, and then we've got the black shuck. This Norfolk native is a black dog with shaggy hair, as big as a calf, and as noiseless as death. (laughs) (laughs) He is said to have the eyes like saucers and the breath like fire. He can foretell your impending death or be a guardian. And he's most famous for stalking the streets of Bungie, but he has been spotted in Norfolk. In Norwich, sorry. And last but not least, UFOs. No. And I've seen this often. Not a UFO, I'd love to see a UFO myself. Robbie Uh, Williams riding a rocket. Yeah. Singing rock DJ on his little oh, rocket. Um, in 99. I think it was later. I think that was later. I think Angel's probably coming in 99. Yeah. Anyway, in 1954, a series of identified flying objects were seen in the skies above Norwich. People on Alexandra Road and Lawson Road reported a very bright round ball <laughs> moving across the sky. And how was to... it saucer shaped by any chance? Because every fucking other brown thing has been saucer shaped in the story. And yet, weirdly, they don't mention that. They don't mention it. <laughs> there is a man who's written a book called Dr. Paul Lee, and if you could see a picture of him, you'd know he's from Norfolk. <laughs> um, Does he look like a do- what is he doctor? Well, <laughs> in paranormal events, I feel. <laughs> he's written a book called The Ghosts of Kings Lynn and West Norfolk, mm. which, I mean, I'm in, I want that. <laughs> And he's saying paranormal events tend to happen when people are least expecting them. If you go somewhere that's haunted, things can become blown out of proportion. However, people don't tend to notice things until they're pointed out. Weird that, isn't it? What a completely... What a non-answer to anything. Paranormal experiences really depend on the person. Oh, my God. (laughs) Some people hear footsteps or voices, feeling cold spots, or a bit like you're being watched. (laughs) He's literally... Please, the mentally unwell, buy my book. <laughs> well, there's a lovely picture of Paul Lee. I'm glad he washed his hair for the photo. Uh, if anyone it, can't tell me sarcasm, it's one he of the, surely has not. It's one of the greasiest <laughs> hairs I've ever he's seen. Got, he's got a cheeky um, pervert eyebrow as well. <laughs> he's raised one eyebrow like, you like my book? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is a bit... That's a bit much. But I must say, I'm well into the idea of this book. I might keep an eye out for it. It's got a foreword from the chairman of the Ghost Club. Oh, well, I'm there you in. go. I'm in. Well, maybe we could do a special episode of it once you get it. I reckon we get it, and then we go to King's Lynn, and we look for some of these ghosts. Although, like he says, if you're looking for it, you don't necessarily see it. <laughs> so, who knows? Well, thank you, Mr. Paul Lee, and thank you... Evening news for all your lovely Norfolk stories you've given us over the year. I look forward to reading more, and I hope they're not all about the trouble on the A47. You sound like you're filling time. Like we've got some sort of... Do you just want to say as many different 
words in Norfolk before you're forced to go back to your normal voice? Uh, well, I, I must say my Norf- my normal voice ain't too far off sometimes. <laughs> we was doing our advert and you said, oh, I'll say it again in Norfolk. And you said, you already said it in Norfolk. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, that's just my voice. So, well, yeah, my, ladies and gentlemen, you've still got that to look forward to. <laughs> Coming soon. Coming soon. Fuck knows when. It might have, I might have already put it on. I'm not really sure. <laughs> um, let's play another song. Yes, from another that. band who released an amazing album in the year 2021. Yay! Which is what we're talking about on this episode of... Bre- Sorry, I'm pretending I'm filling time. <laughs> this is by Ponies Alf Pump. Uh, the song is called What Then? Ponies Alf Pump are from Berlin, and this is from their LP, which came out on Phantom Records, called Wirt Schon Wieder. So this is Ponies Alf Pump. <laughs>
Alright, dude! And it does it! Hey, Stooge! Fancy seeing you here! You must have smelled our delicious breakfast! Or could it be the Raj here just had too much cold beer and blew us a cool, stiff breeze right out of his bottle? You must be gutted you've run out of Breakfast Punk's episodes to listen to. I can't live without my music. But would you be interested in an extra helping? Yeah! Are you hungry for a bit more? Yeah! How about an extra bowl of Breakfast Punk's podcast? Yeah! Eat a bowl of fuck! Sign up for our Patreon now. For an exclusive monthly episode, the opportunity to vote on the films to be reviewed, sneaky extras and a whole lot of love. Your support will help us make improvements to the show, upgrade our equipment and maybe get our cats some new shoes. My parents are going to be real sorry if I don't get them cha-cha heels. I'll ask and I'll better get. Sign up now at patreon.com forward slash breakfast punks podcast. We really appreciate your support. I'll tell you what, babe. I'll hold yours if you hold mine. Welcome back to the Breakfast Punks podcast. Uh, we're now going to move on to our main section of the episode in which we're going to be talking about the year 2021, which was another slightly strange year, but we're going to pretty much do exactly what we did on our first ever episode, which is just to talk generally about some of the stuff that we've discovered or done or thoughts about the year in general mm. and then we're gonna go over and try and give you some positive news stories yeah exactly and i think generally speaking we will mostly be talking about positive things which can sometimes be a hard thing to kind of talk about i just want to sort of say at the beginning that we're not trying to be all like oh come on guys chill out the world's yeah. great because uh particularly on a year like this year or you know or at any time but you know 2021 was a hard year, yeah. I think, for people, uh, for us, and for probably everybody. Whilst there was less lockdowns and things started to like open up again, mm. and you know gigs started to happen again, and all of those things, which were all obviously very positive, and I'm sure we'll talk about them. I do think, in a way, this year was harder, even harder than the first year of lockdown. Mm. In a lot of ways, you know, 2020 had a lot of bad things yeah. <laughs> in it, but I think that it was like. I don't know, maybe because it felt so weird and it felt like there was going to be an end fairly soon. And then I think as we moved into 2021, partly what you were talking about earlier, that January just completely shit the bed. (laughs) What the fuck is this world that we live in (laughs) right now? The world is actually going to end. Either the planet's going to kill us or World War Three is about to start. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Jesus Christ. And and I just think, uh, you know, it's probably a mixture of lots of different things. I've, you know people spending too much time on their own Mm. or you know away from real human contact spending too much time probably online all these sorts of things uh, mixed in with the fact that we were still in a fucking pandemic but also I think one of the really hard things about 2021 was that we were still in the exact same situation that we were in the year before but Mm. everyone sort of felt like it's maybe not such a big deal but then it was a really big deal as well I feel like every conversation I had, it was like a mixture of people that really wanted, like when gigs were going to start, it's like we all really wanted gigs to start, but we were also super aware of the fact that, like, oh shit, but do we go to them when they start? Yeah. You, know, do, you know, is this potential, what's this opening the door on? So it was, I just think it was a real batshit crazy year for like being totally up in the air and not having a clue. Yeah. And again, like in 2020, I think we all felt like at least COVID was going to come to an end. And yeah. now it sort of feels, although, you know, generally speaking, 
we probably are. I mean, I don't think we're going to talk about this very much, but mm. we probably are in a slightly more positive place as far as just strictly COVID is concerned, in as much as, you know, so many people have had vaccinations and, you know, now the boosters have rolled out. And, you know, particularly in the UK, like, that's all gone really fairly well. Yeah. But also, we're in a time where, and I don't really watch the news and I try and stay away from the news, but we're definitely in a time where everything that I see, it's like people breaking into a hospital because they've decided they're giving vaccines and they're against that. And, mm. you know, weird shit. There's a lot of weird shit going on. QAnon has got much... Sorry to keep going on about it. But <laughs> it is a really good example of just the last couple of years. Like, it's got much bigger in really unusual places. You know, QAnon's massive in Germany over the last year, mm. you know? And, like, which doesn't really even make sense because it's such a specifically American conspiracy, you yeah. know? Like, I feel like we're about to hit a time which is going to be both interesting and scary when people are going to be are going to come out of their homes. Yeah. I'm not saying they haven't already, but, you know, like, when the world, in inverted commas, goes back to normal, then we're all going to have to, like, face each other yeah. in the real world and have to work out what the real world actually is again. And I feel like that could go a lot of different ways. I I was really hopeful about it in the first instance, and I really thought that it could, like, reset everyone a bit. Mm. And definitely at the very start of lockdown... And I'm sure I said these exact words on the first podcast a full year ago. You know, at the start of lockdown, it seemed like everyone was doing really, like, creative things and interesting things. And then slowly but surely, we've we've reverted into, like, I don't know what the... I don't know where the world's at at the moment. I don't know where human beings are at right this second. And I feel like we're probably, in 2022, I would guess, we're going to find that out. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I think it's been really hard because, on a very simplistic note, People could probably tolerate the whole weird scenarios carrying on re-COVID just over a year, especially as it ended. the year ended pretty rubbishly the year before. Yeah. We all thought it was going to be over and then turns out Christmas got cancelled and everyone's really ill and the world's gone mad. But then I remember when it rolled around to a year and we were like, gosh, we really thought this was going to be done in three weeks. Remember that three-week lockdown oh, that was totally. going to be really inconvenient? Yeah. Yeah. And now it's been a year. And I think... Again, things are returning to some kind of weird normality. But then on the flip side, and again, I really have tried to avoid the news, but I am aware that it's the highest daily cases of COVID that have ever existed in this country happening right now. But for whatever reasons, you know, people aren't getting as sick. So there's things to be thankful for. But it is a weird scenario where we were like, oh, you know, everything's going back to normal. Except in the background, things are still really weird. Mm. I don't really know what I necessarily think about all of that. But again... People don't come yeah. to the Breakfast Bunks podcast yeah. for conclusions. We don't, we don't provide conclusions. Conclusions or real very... news. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, true. Like, I, th- I feel we're, we're a very grey uh, entity. Yeah. I think. Which is, uh, I like, that's good. Yeah. I, and want, I, think, I want to be a grey entity. Well, and I think it's a little insight into how we're trying to stay sane. So it has been two years of pandemics and lockdowns and the pandemic is still here and probably not going anywhere. But the way we've gotten through it is... A, being thankful for the things that are good. B, just looking at the good things. So, yeah, we don't watch the news. That can be ignorant to some people's eyes. It can be very positive to others. I find yeah, it very I positive. I don't really care. It makes my life yeah. better. So. Blissfully ignorant is yeah. how I term it. <laughs> um, because... Well, you say that, but, you know, it's weird because I think... And this is totally about me and probably my personality. Like, I do not watch the daily news. I don't read the paper. I, don't, yeah. I actively stay away from every sort of version of news. 
But I did spend like a month researching the ins and outs of QAnon. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like and I tend to do that with things that are in the past because yeah. I think I have. If there's some sort of disconnect between me and the thing that I'm sort of reading yeah. up about or whatever, I feel like there's a certain level of comfort there, which yeah. is probably like, yeah, you could definitely say that was ignorance in a way. But um, well, but also... you know, but recently I don't know. Even I, you know, I found myself getting into things that are much more current. But it's kind of scary, though, isn't it? Because it's in your real world. It's like if you learn yeah. about a serial killer that's already like been and gone, and yeah, yeah, you're yeah, like, oh, that's, that's cool. Fine. But if there's a serial killer in the news actively yeah. killing people, then it's a bit like this is actually fucking scary. Yeah. But oh. I just thought it was worth saying that at the beginning because we are now just going to try and be positive. Yeah. But you know, acknowledging that obviously this has been a very difficult year for mm. everybody, but you know, and and certainly for you know some some people more than others, and and you know we're very aware of that. We are very privileged mm. to be in a position where we can live almost without knowledge of what's going on around yeah, us. There's no question percent, about that. Thousand percent. So, with that in mind, Siobhan? Yes. You want to kick off? I will start with some of the things that I think were good about 2021. We've kind of touched on it already, but in 2021, we did start to see the beginnings of things returning to some kind of normality. And the first thing that kind of did that for us was gigs when we could go back to gigs and stuff and it was interesting to see how people were going to navigate that you know are we going to enforce masks at gigs are we going to wear a mask to a gig um it's a personal choice it's also a choice is you know dave puts on the gig so you have to kind of think about whether that's going to be a thing that you ask people to do and yeah also, we didn't really know how mad everyone's going to be when yeah. they come to these gigs, which it turns out they weren't but do you know what i mean you you particularly the first one you're like Shit! Do we insist everyone wears masks? Yeah, that's do we what insist I mean. that they bring a test? Do they all this sort of stuff? You don't yeah. know. You don't know the extent to which people are going to have expectations on you if yeah. they come to your gig because exactly. it's totally unknown. You know? And weirdly, we're kind of going through that a bit again now because mm. it was all going good, and then now everything's gone back to mental and people are cancelling gigs After again. After the big uh, incision super spreader event. Oh, not just specifically <laughs> the, not just specifically in Hastings. But yeah, everyone got COVID after that, so that's <laughs> But um no, you, like the fact that we're going to have this app soon that proves whether you've had your vaccinations or not. Uh, that's well, come think, into play for clubs and stuff. Yeah, so, no, I think, that, by the well, way, that, that app has been gigs. available from before COVID, it's just when you say we're going to have that thing soon, it's just because we haven't downloaded it. Yeah, we haven't it downloaded yet. it, yet, have we? But you <laughs> a know, lot of people have got that up already. <laughs> but you know what I mean? You're going to have to have this, like, it's really going to be like some kind of proof to get into places now. Yeah. But looking back at those first gigs, it was in uh, August, I think, that um, all the gigs happened for the first time that we went to. And we went to loads in that first week. That's the bit that I kind of remember really fondly. I think you and Haste played three gigs in a row. We played two with Snuff, yeah, which was a nice way to come back. It was, the, and if, and actually, the last gig that I saw pre-pandemic, yeah, beginnings was you with Snuff. Yeah, there you go. And Three then the first row. one back I'll was, and the, and then game. and then we and then we played that gig in Colchester with Bobby Funk. We more or less did a weekender with Bobby Funk. Yeah, and that was uh, crazy. It was crazy. crazy. I, I remember you were like, "I'm not going to drink this weekend," and it just turned into everyone's messy. Uh, <laughs> horror show but um I'm not just sure. you as I'm in everyone yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were just no <laughs> we definitely covered this on the podcast when yeah. it happened but uh, yeah that was quite a weekend yeah. yeah and just i mean just the experience of being back around people um and figuring out what that was going to be like because you didn't know whether you were going to be 
anxious or not. Like, loads of people were quite upfront in the first instance about, oh, gosh, I'm really worried about seeing people. I'm, I've d- developed a social anxiety. And I remember feeling not that way at all, in theory, at home. But I do remember walking into that first gig and being like, it is a bit weird. Yeah. Am I allowed to speak to people? Can I hug that person? I'm not wearing a mask. No one's wearing a mask. It's really weird. You know, just trying to figure out whether you're okay with it or not. And you didn't really... It was the first time I was like, I don't actually know how I feel. Within an hour, I was fine. Yeah. Um, but I know that's not been the same for everybody. Well, I think we um, had this conversation at the time, maybe. But for us, definitely, and I'm sure for a lot of people, the first gig that we went to was the first time we'd ever... Not ever. First <laughs> time since the beginning of 2019, or, or April 2019, that we'd walked into a room without a mask on. Yeah. For example. Yeah. You know? Uh, that was weird. Yeah. Because it's like, we haven't even gone to a pub yeah, but I just yeah, I think I think everybody That's probably thinks there's almost no point in wearing a mask if you're gonna to go to a gig. People Maybe. may argue that I'm not trying to make a big point there. But I yeah. just mean like from my perspective I sort of think, well, you know, if I'm gonna be rammed in this room with loads of people Yeah. And if I'm gonna play and have to sing, I can't wear a mask then. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not against masks in any way, shape or form, but It's just being realistic. Yes, yeah. You have to be realistic, I think. Yeah. And that's and still like people and and actually I was it was interesting because there were people that were still wearing their masks very much in the gig mm. and obviously it's a personal choice and it was just interesting to see how that was going to work and what it was going to look like because prior to that some people had had, tried to have these socially distanced gigs and mm. sit down things where you all wore masks and so this was the first like back to having a gig but it's your choice how you deal with that so it's just interesting to see and also on the gigs uh, thing it was this was the first year that comeback existed mm-hmm. so we'd all not played our instruments and never done anything and, and we finally got to play some gigs at the end of the year which was just uh yeah as a 30 am I 32 yeah 32 <laughs> I don't know you know doing stuff like that for the first time ever uh is just weird and it was good but it was weird I think the last time I played music in front of anyone was like I played saxophone in concert band when I was like 14. <laughs> but you're like on stage with tons of other people and your bit is like very minor. So it was just weird. It was just really weird. But as a psychiatric nurse for however long you've been a psychiatric nurse, you've been performing every day for a, long, yeah. for a very long time. So I think you're probably all right. I know, but it's a totally different. And I guess it's really, you know, for anyone who's already in bands and has done it forever, then it's probably like so normal but well, no, you don't really you know do what? many like brand new things in your adult life uh, that put yourself out there but it's obviously it's the best thing to do you say that a lot about like if you've done this before i'm sure this is completely normal but it's yeah. not at all i've been in bands since i was 14 non-stop yeah that's a long lot of years <laughs> and when haste played our first gig i was shit scared and like every yeah. when you're doing something new it's new it doesn't matter how many i'm sure maybe it is a bit easier i'm not sort of downplaying anything but like I think you you don't give yourself the benefit of the doubt sometimes in that context because you're like, oh, I'm sure this would be easy for anybody else. But it's like, no, it's hard for everybody. Yeah. And like, I think that's a good thing to know about bands as well. Because I think often when you watch, but not you, but everybody, we all watch bands and we just sort of think, oh, that person plays that guitar really well and that must be really easy for them. Yeah. I could never do that. So fuck that. Literally do everything. And actually, I must say, it did feel the teensiest bit, there's this like, belief that to be in a band you've got to be good at these things Mm. but it's quite nice being part of something that is proof that you don't (laughs) like you don't have to be good you don't have to know what you're doing you don't have to have done it before and in fact that that can hinder you in a lot of ways if you're really good at your instrument then you're probably in a shit band 
to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe. But but yeah, no, it's just been really cool to I don't know. Adults do things that are safe usually. Well, not usually, and all the people we know generally don't, but, <laughs> but like, adulthood is usually do safe things, so it's really cool to... Pull a, pull a, find um, a reason not plug to. halfway out and touch a penny to it. Yeah, <laughs> lick the electronic socket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, just as a sort of add-on, I mean, it's been weird going back to playing gigs. It was weird not playing them. But, yeah. you know, having, having done it before, I suppose. Um, and weirdly, since we've got back to playing gigs, it's felt a little bit like haste haven't been playing as many gigs as we would were yeah as we were and so in that context it, sometimes it's felt a little bit like oh what are we doing like mm. what you know what, what's what's next but actually looking back on the time since we came out of this lockdown and gigs have happened again we've ended up playing some of probably the best gigs we've ever played yeah both in context of just like really good crowds in certain places, but also just really weird fucking things. We played that skate park in Bristol, <gasps> which was just insane. We supported fucking Skindred at the Delaware Pavilion. With know, like, like an afternoon's notice, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> just like, so it's weird because looking back on it, it still feels... And this is another thing whereby there's a bit of cognitive dissonance, I suppose. It's like, I feel like I haven't done that much with the band for two years yeah because in the context of a two-year period i haven't done that much although you know we've released an album and recorded an album and done lots of other things but actually if you look back on directly on things yeah we've done some we've done some crazy things yeah and it's like quality over quantity in that respect like the things you have done have been like amazing Mm. so we're talking about quality over quantity Mm-hmm. This doesn't really work. <laughs> I'm going to go with it. Um, this was the first full year of Sham City Roasters. Yeah. Uh, not having a cafe, not being a cafe. And I suppose the world somewhat getting back to some sort of normality because I think that we were in a period when the cafe first shut down, we went completely online. I think we were at that time where loads of people were buying stuff online. So it kind of worked for a while. And I thought, oh, do you know what, though? Next year is not going to be the same. And, mm. You know, I'm going to have to get a real job. And I haven't. So, uh, <laughs> so thank you to everyone who supported my little coffee roasting company throughout this year. Like, it's been weird kind of getting used to just pushing stuff online and, yeah. you know, operating in a completely different way. But uh, it's also been great. And it seems to have worked for the last 12 months. So we're going to give it another try for the yeah. next 12 months and just see what happens. Long live Sham City Roasters Coffee. Indeed. Um, I, I, do you know what? I'll do a quick uh, plug for Deadbeat Donuts as well. Why not? It's been another... It was a similar kind of year in as much as 2020 was the first year we didn't operate out of Sham City Roasters Cafe. Um, we had to make ourselves a proper business, as it were. I don't know if it's considered a proper business, but I'm <laughs> calling it one. Um, and so, yeah, 2021 was just continuing to do donuts, delivering to people's houses and doing them for orders. And again, 2020, everyone wanted stuff at home, so was it going to still work in 2021? And it did. And, yeah, just big thanks to everyone who really continued to support it. It's been a weird end to the year because I had to cut it short because I dislocated my shoulder in November, so I haven't been able to make any donuts since then. So the business is temporarily on a hiatus, as it were, but keep an eye on instagram and uh, facebook and all the places that we put stuff and uh, there'll be updates in the future but thank you guys so much in the meantime uh my next one just to prove that this uh section of the podcast is really fucking weird um because we've just 
been able to pick whatever we wanted and oh, yeah. all sorts of things is Seinfeld. <laughs> the famous thing that came out in 2021. So in 2021, me and Javon watched the entirety of Seinfeld. Yeah. From season one through to season, fuck, is I don't know, 12. Oh, okay. I yeah, think maybe. it was up to nine or ten. Whatever it is, I'm sure there's someone out there that knows. Yeah. Um, even though I've just literally watched it. Yeah. And, um... I'd seen it before. I don't think I'd ever watched the entire thing, but I'd watched bits and bobs, and I was kind of vaguely around when it was being made as well. So I sort of watched it. <laughs> vaguely a around bit, a in bit the background. The I was in New York. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like you see my head popping by the window. No, sorry, I know what you mean. <laughs> and so I kind of had a, more of an idea of it than you. I don't think you'd ever seen anything. No, with it at all. I mean, I didn't even. If I'd have seen Jerry Seinfeld on TV, I could probably have identified him and said, yeah. "Isn't that?" The man they call Seinfeld. The man they call Seinfeld. And then I didn't like, I knew uh, Julia Dreyfus Lewis, is that her name? Julia Dreyfus? Yeah, it was Julia Dreyfus in that. And then, no, is that right? I don't know. Yes. Let's just go, yes. Yeah. Who knows? Double barreled surname. I knew her from Veep because I'd seen Veep, but I didn't know, I wouldn't have looked at her and known she was in Seinfeld. So basically, I knew nothing about it. I knew very loosely that Larry David did the, he produced it or made it, directed it, wrote it, um, and that Curb Your Enthusiasm was him, and that was loosely based on the fact that he was the writer of Seinfeld. That's literally all I knew about it, which really isn't actually that much, even though I spoke for quite a long time just then. (laughs) Yeah, it was. Um, But in conclusion, to Siobhan's story of her life, (laughs) Seinfeld is fucking brilliant, and it's definitely something that I think over the course of time, just gets better and better and better yeah. the more you watch. Uh, it's obviously a bit dated now, but that doesn't matter because it's from a beautiful date. It just, yeah. like, covers the 90s, basically. <laughs> and uh, I think it's on Netflix in its entirety at the moment, and yeah. if you can, you should watch it if you haven't already. Yeah, it's a beautiful programme. Uh, speaking of things we've watched on Netflix, gosh, <laughs> the links, we are so good <laughs> at this. Um, another series that has nothing to do with 2021, <laughs> but we watched it in this year, is Dark which was the first German-speaking programme that was aired on Netflix, first fully German-speaking programme. We tried to watch it before, um, and we just got really switched off it. I think it's because we turned... You know when you can do that dubbing thing, so you can get... um, Instead of having to reading... It's it's called dubbing, right? (laughs) Where they dub it with English. And we tried watching it, and I think we hated it because we did that. We didn't deal with subtitles, we just did the English dubbing of this programme. We were like, no, I'm not into this. And then it was shortly after our podcast we did about Desolation Centre, I think. And I'm... Oh, gosh, I'm not going to pronounce it right. New Barton. New Barton. Collecting (laughs) New Buildings, or New Barton. When we were looking at them, there was something about them having done some of the music for Dark. And we were like, oh, wasn't that that programme we tried to watch? So we went back and, vi- and revisited it, and it is awesome. It's great. It's yeah. just this crazy, surreal program, and it's just so interesting, so weird-looking, beautiful. Uh, I mean, I can't well, really music, describe actually, it too well, but the music's it beautiful. It turned out that New Bottom weren't really involved in the music. There's just no. <laughs> one song with uh, the singer on it, I think. Yeah. But... Um, the music is fucking brilliant. Yeah. It's like really atmospheric. Some of it's not... I don't think it's all music that I would listen to if it were on a record, mm. necessarily. But it just all works really well. Whoever's done that job. Yeah. I don't know what they're called. Music... A music person. person. Curator. Curator. <laughs> it wouldn't be that, would it? But anyway, no. that person did a really, really, really good job. Yeah, it's damn good. And it's described as sci-fi, and that is definitely true when you get you looking at it. It's very uh, Stranger Things feeling uh, in some respects. 
It's also a bit like another programme we watched this year called The Leftovers, which again was out in 2014, 2017. This is a brilliant Nothing to do with 2021. Year, 2021 isn't it? But there are two programmes that we watched this year that I just thought were fucking cool. And Leftovers is almost very similar in its sound. Um, people going missing and then returning at different times and what's happening. Yeah, they're, they're similar in the way that you've described them, but I would say they're nothing like each other in actually watching them. Yeah, in their that, kind that's of... My, that's uh, my full review. Yeah, full review. But yeah, they're two good, they're really good programmes. If you're looking for stuff to binge, if you're still in some kind of weird lockdown. (laughs) Um, Dark and The Leftovers. Well, my next one is again, just taking it in a completely another direction. (laughs) I came up with something this morning. Oh, yeah. An idea that I'm going to express on this podcast. And it's much more about COVID and things. I think that one of the best things about 2021, although I'm being very simplistic when I say, say this, is that more or less around this time, we started to experience each other without having masks on our face. Right. In various different places. So don't get me I know I know in 2020 this happened a little <laughs> bit as well. Just hear me out. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna roll with this and just anti-mask see. David. I'm, I'm, no, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm totally joking. <laughs> no, no, trust me, it's gonna go in another direction entirely, which okay. I may end up cutting this entire section out I if I don't wait. like what I'm about to say, but I'm just gonna go with it. <laughs> So obviously in 2020, we had a few a few opportunities to kind of meet people outside and stuff and we weren't wearing masks. But I think one of the very worst possible things about the original lockdown, and maybe that's overly dramatic, but a really bad thing about the original lockdown was we, and one of the reasons why I think we all felt so disconnected from each other is, bear with me, mm-hmm. because we never smiled at each other. It's so true. And I think that when you were out and about, obviously, if you lived with people, you had some sort of human interaction. But during that whole period, there was a lot of us who only had like one or no people mm. to interact with. And so the only time you would go out is you might go out for your walk or you might go to the shops, basically. And you'd spend so little time out that one of the biggest problems, I think, from that whole period was the lack of human connection. And the fact that the only connection we were getting with other humans was via a computer screen. Mm-hmm. And... I could go on about this forever, but there's something about the type of interaction that you get, whether it be good or bad or whatever, is neither here nor there. My, you know, I have opinions about it. Mm-hmm. But the type of interaction you get via Facebook, via Instagram, via any of those things, or even via Skype, yeah, is so disconnected that I think it makes us all feel separate from each other. And I genuinely believe that that is one of the reasons why so you know conspiracy theory there's a pandemic i think of conspiracy theories at the moment both and it's i think we often see it as like an american problem and it is in a lot of ways but it's not just an american problem it's like it's spread everywhere and we see and like i say this is one of the things i was saying about like when we actually all have to go out and face the world as a normal thing that's when we're going to find out how what what sort of effect it's had on the human race but I do think that one of the reasons why we all became so disconnected from each other, one of the reasons why, and this is something that I noticed loads during this pandemic, is that people just started to argue, you know, real, like, they went even more, like, black and white in their thinking about, mm. like, this is good, this is bad, this person is good, this person is bad, which has been a, a part of our society and not even necessarily a completely negative part of our society for a really long time. But I think that that just got turned up to 11 in everybody. And I do genuinely believe that one of the reasons was was because we were walking around the place and no one was getting any like actual interaction with people. Yeah. So even if you stopped and you talked to someone, 
you didn't get the full experience of actually like engaging with someone mm. in any way. And you can only say so much with your eyes. And I noticed like so many times, these are really minor things, but like when you went to the supermarket, if you saw someone you knew, A, it was weird because you felt like, oh, I shouldn't really be stopping and talking to this person. Yeah. Uh, but B, it was like, if you didn't stop and talk to them, then there was loads of people that I didn't know well, but like I would walk past. And if I saw them normally, I might say hello. Yeah. But I wouldn't necessarily say hello. I would probably just smile at them. Yeah. And I found that I was walking around the supermarket, or if someone let you go or something, you'd just yeah. smile at people. Yeah. And I was obviously still doing that beneath the mask. Yeah. But I must have looked like I was just staring at them. Yeah. You know? It's so like, true. <laughs> so, well, I used to like mouth thank you at people. Yeah. Like I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> speak. Yeah. So like if I'm crossing a road... I would like mouth thank you at someone, but I wouldn't necessarily wave or anything. Mm. And then now I'm just mouthing at someone, but just like I'm just staring at them through their windscreen if yes. they're letting me pass in the car. Exactly. Just, yeah, you're right. You're so right. And so it just got me thinking about the fact that I think that that very minor thing yeah. has had a negative effect on our psychology. Yeah. And it's not just as simple as like, oh, we just all need to smile at each other more. It is more about just like the part of interaction that isn't in words. And like mm. nuance and like mm. all of those sorts of things, like like I so and I, this happens to me all the time because I'm because I'm not very funny, but I always try and be funny. <laughs> but like the amount of times, you know, if if I'm sitting and, ha- and I have a conversation with someone for an hour, I might crack, you know, fifty jokes, and two <laughs> of them might be vaguely amusing, right? But the other forty-eight are at le- the other person knows that they're a joke, even if they don't find it funny or even if it's really annoying or frustrating. <laughs> no, but all right, they don't, may not know it's a joke, but they know <laughs> But they know that what I'm saying isn't real. Yeah. Right? When it's you... Uh, the m- More and more and more, like the more that you just engage with people online, that nuance is completely removed. Yeah. So, so many people just take everything you say, you know, you read, and, it, uh, and it's not just other people, it's me too. Like, if you read something online... You lose all of the nuance and yeah. all of the... And so, and when you think about how the world seems, from my perspective, to have gone, and this is a really simplistic description, mm. and, and I'm being really black and white myself by saying this, but it seems like the world has gone so, like, extreme. Everything is super extreme. Yeah. And if you think about it, all that is is a lack of nuance. It's a lack of all the weird shit that makes up existence that's all going on in, the, in between those two poles, mm. I feel like. So... In 2021, <laughs> we've mainly, you know, we've been able to, even if it's not indoors, obviously this is a really bad time to be saying this as well, because we've in the UK anyway, we've all got to start wearing masks again yeah. a lot. So, I mean, it's, maybe this isn't, it's a bit of a weird one to be like, oh, in 2021 it's so much better, because it's not necessarily yet. But I do think that there's a certain amount of like, we really lost like human interaction. Mm. And I do think that there's something about just smiling at someone or just like seeing someone's entire face yeah. when they say something that adds so much to what they said. And again, it's like, like you say, like if you say thank you yeah. or hello to someone, right? Those are obviously completely understandable things. But yeah. different people saying them to you will mean different things because of their mm. face and because of the way they say it and because of, you know how they come across and how they carry themselves and fucking psychological transference and all of this sort of stuff. We've lost, we missed all of that for, and we are still missing it to some extent, but we really missed it for a year. And so I truly believe that that is why everyone's gone down these fucking conspiracy (laughs) rabbit holes. Everybody's like questioning, you know, things that they don't need to question, getting pissed off about all of this stuff. 
it's because the element of like human contact has been removed. Yeah. Not removed completely, but more or less removed. And so we've just been left dealing with the idea of other people. Yeah. Not the people themselves. We've been dealing with like, I think that you are like this. Yeah. And it's what it's why people are racist, it's why people are homophobic, it's why people are transphobic. It's because if you never allow yourself to meet people of other cultures and other who mm. aren't like you, then they're always going to seem like the other. And I feel a little bit like what lockdown did to some extent, not entirely, but to some extent, it put us all, in, it, it, you know, in our everyday lives, it put us all into those shoes. Mm. And so whatever our ideas were, they were never going to be like, they were in a, they were in a cage and nothing was ever going to change and nothing, you know? Mm. I think I've taken it too far now. I no. might cut some of this out. No. But uh, no, but it was just no. something that this morning I was having to think about what I thought about 2021. <laughs> and that was genuinely something that changed for me, which again, I'm not anti-mask. I'm perfectly happy to wear a mask at all times for safety and all of those things. But it has been really nice to at least for a few months there face. be able to actually, yeah, See yeah. see someone smile at you. See see the way someone says something and not just hear the words. Or worse, still read the fucking words yeah. off a screen. Along with a million other fucking words on a screen that you're just like scrolling. Yeah, no, I, co- I completely agree. There is something about actually being able to see someone's facial features and feeling the nuances in what people are saying. Because you're right, even when people are Skyping and Zooming... Something about seeing it through a computer screen means that you like you lost that. You well, it's two quite... D, if nothing else. Well, that's isn't it. it. Like, it's it's not it's not engaging. You don't get you're not transferring the same information yeah. through a screen or through a picture, and you're definitely not through a tweet. No. You know? Oh gosh, yeah. Oh yeah, and all nuance is lost in a typed word, especially if the people you're seeking out to have not you, but like people are did this thing where they actively sought out opinions that they knew were different from theirs mm. and then you can't tell subtleties or sarcasm or anything in a, a, in a sentence from someone that you don't know. There's so many ways in not to understand that person and yet people I know were taking umbrage with those people and deciding to argue with person they don't know, written word. You have no idea anything about that. Well, this, and this is way too much to get into now, so yes. this podcast could be five hours long, but this, this, is a, this is a slow thing as well. This is a slow drip from probably pretty much the advent of like social media, but specifically Twitter, whereby at some point in quite a long time ago... Someone decided that they would release this app thing in which you had to get your full point across in, what is it, 150 oh, characters yeah, or whatever that, it is. Yeah. And so therefore, over the course of time, almost in a sort of social Darwinistic kind of a way, what happened was people had to fit very complex, important points mm. into a very short sentence. And then what happened was it was like a, it was like a feedback loop. Yeah. So... Once you got to a point where this person's really good at Twitter because they can get a funny joke or an important point or some bit of information across in like two sentences. Mm. This is brilliant. And then what happened is people got used to just reading two sentences of everything. That's so true. then whilst on Facebook you could probably write a novel as a as a thing if you yeah. wanted. No one's going to read the fucking thing on Instagram. You know that if if you you've got to write the important things in those first two lines, yeah, because no one's going to click more. So we've ended up in this society whereby online, not in real life in any way, because in mm-hmm. real life everyone's just doing exactly the same thing. But online, all ideas have to be two or three sentences mm. long, 
And so therefore they cannot, it is impossible to have a, discuss, a discussion within those three sentences. Yeah. It's impossible to have differing opinions within those three sentences. You can only say, this is right, this mm. is right. And of course that's fine if you're going to say, fuck racism, right? You can say that in two words and that's yeah. fine. You know, there isn't any discussion that needs to happen around that. But so much of everything else that we discuss in this world is we're using the fuck racism argument but some things aren't as black and white as racism you know some things are much more confusing and much more complex mm. and i think that we've ended and the thing is with lockdown sorry get to going back to that like we've got to this point in our in society whereby everything has to be explained in a very short burst of information that is damaging in a lot of ways but it's fine if on top of that you're also going out talking to people, mm. sitting down with people, having long conversations with them, all of that sort of stuff. But when you go into lockdown and now all you're getting is this black and white, unnuanced, mm. simplistic one opinion. idea of the world. Yeah. And obviously on top of that, we you know, we all live in this little bubble, so we only get that one opinion, you know, everybody's saying the same thing. It I don't know, I think it's really damaging. And I think it leads to conspiracy theory. Because, again, we're quite lucky. We mostly have intelligent, politically right-on friends mm. and, and contacts on our social media. But imagine if you didn't. Oh, imagine sure. if whatever crazy uncle you last unfollowed yeah. was the only voice that you... If that was the algorithm that you were on and yeah. everyone was just saying, you know, whatever, Brexit is good, mm. get rid of the polls, mm. whatever. But, yeah... <laughs> oh, that's gone on way too long. Right. I don't know how we're going to include that in this uh, podcast. Oh, well, it's in there now. So, yeah, that's all of that stuff that I thought about this morning. So, um... <laughs> that's quite some run you went on. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Well, I guess in very similar themes that, to yours. You're going to say something like, I started eating olives this year. <gasps> you did. I don't know why that's not on your Sorry, list. Sorry, one of the best things that <laughs> happened in 2021 is that I realised I like olives. And actually, fuck the rest of my list of things. <laughs> I've just realised. I learned to like olives this year, and I don't know if you're an olive lover or not, <laughs> people listening to this podcast, but I, for many years, thought olives were the worst thing in the world. And gosh, what a journey it's been this year. It has been um, quite dramatic. I, I just say, really it, into it. Um, specifically, the small shit green ones <laughs> um, that I feel no one else really enjoys as much. Okay, oh, I find they that do. they do. But you know, I, I, I found that I don't know if I really like posh olives because I go to restaurants when the pips are still in them. Does that make it posh? <laughs> That's a bit frustrating. Um, they're not as soft and squishy as the ones that I get uh, with brine and garlic all over them uh, out of the little pouch uh, from Morrison's. So. That, olives. That's been a turn up for the books. 2021, <laughs> the year of the olive. I've loved it. Um, but that isn't what I was even going to say. But it wasn't going to be much more serious than that. <laughs> I've read loads of books this year. Because, again, I, one of the pleasant things about lockdowns has been the time to read. And prior to that, I've just been having all these books build up on a shelf that I never read. So beginning of 2020, I wrote a list of every book that was on my shelf that I hadn't read. And I was just going to cross them off and eventually you get to the end of the list. And the remaining ones from that list I made into a 2021 list. And I've read some more. And it's been lovely. Good. Um, best ones? Best ones? Well, none of them came out in 2021, so very similar to well, the TV. Yeah, similar to the TV we've watched. Um, <laughs> none of these books came out in 2021. 
Um, the KLF book from John Higgs, can't remember what it's called, Chaos, Magic and something, 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 it's something. Loads of different things, it's got sheep on it. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's about the KLF, but it's also not about the KLF, it's about Discordianism and it's about loads of We discussed it a bit in the stuff. Discordian episode. That's true. So. Um, and it's really good and I think everyone should read it because it's literally stupidly positive. Yeah. And it's very much uh, similar to when we were talking about starting a band when you don't know if you know what you're doing. That's pretty much what this book has a lot about what was his little mantra he had um something about the impossible you oh should no do that's it. ken campbell so oh. someone else but yeah he said um nothing's worth doing unless it's impossible yeah that's it so beautiful stuff um another one was one you got me for christmas uh, the year before i think called the art of living by thick nat han who is a buddhist monk and it's a lovely book it's not very strictly religious it's just about literally what's important in life and it's just a really lovely positive book and I finally read The Trial by Franz Kafka mm. because I'd started reading it before and then just completely put it down not through no fault of its own just I really don't think I was in the brain space to appreciate uh, what a Kafka book reads like <laughs> um, but once you appreciate that it's cynical and dark and quite miserable then you can get really into it and I, I really liked it for this positive episode <laughs> of uh, Breakfast Punk perfect it was quite good yeah so, I think yeah. I spent so much time thinking about people smiling at each other that I didn't remember to write down any books that I read this year that oh, I liked you read but I read loads but um I have to say, just going back to that KLF book, I mean, John Higgs did release a book this year actually about uh, William Blake and I have to say, and this is not to denigrate it in any way but it's probably my least favourite of his books oh. actually but maybe not quite actually second least favourite but he and I think I feel like I might have actually said this in the first ever like to when we were looking back on 2020 I think I might oh, have yeah. said this but he's just like such a brilliant writer mm. and discovering him which I didn't do this year but I did the year before but I have reread a, a bunch of his books and obviously this William Blake one just came out it's just, I genuinely, I feel like I've said this on this podcast before, it's proper changed my life. Yeah. It really has. It's got me into loads of, like, really interesting stuff. He writes really well. Some of it is not too dissimilar to what we're trying to do with this podcast. It's about sort of, like, looking positively in dark times. Mm. But a lot of it isn't that. A lot of it's about history. A lot of it's just about weird shit. And yeah. yeah. he's just a... And, but he also gets it across so clearly and so well. He's, yeah. not, he's not wordy. He's not pompous. He's just brilliant. Aww. Absolutely brilliant. And he's writing a new book, which could not be less up my street if it tried. Okay. It's about... But it is a really interesting idea, which I had no no idea about. Apparently, within one week in some year in the early 60s, the Beatles released their first single, or maybe their first album, and the first James Bond film ever came out. Okay. And obviously these two things became... The probably two of the biggest cultural things, you know, if you look at over ever. the course yeah. Of, yeah, of years. So different from each other, but also sort of obviously coming from a similar place. And uh, he's written a book about it, and I had no idea that those things came out in the same week. Mm. But that is fucking mental. And I, I don't like James Bond, and I don't like the Beatles, but boy, am I looking forward to that book. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds cool. I like that. So I think we're going to have to cut this a little bit short because I went on about people smiling at each other. So I apologise about that. But I'll just do one last one, which is incredibly pure 2021. Sums it up for us all, I'm sure. Okay. In the year 2021, I discovered a YouTube video, which is about six hours long, (laughs) of every single musical performance on Beavis and Butthead. (laughs) 
And it is beautiful. It's a wonderful, like, time capsule of, uh, of like, the mid-90s. It's very uh-huh. similar to Seinfeld, sorry. I have done other things, and I have even experienced more modern things than this. <laughs> but this was just... It, this was one of the greatest n- nights. We, we, Me and Siobhan, I think, were half-cut. I think yep. we might have been out. We'd had a few drinks. We came back, we chucked YouTube on, like we often do, just to kind of, like, stick on any old music and just kind of let it play. Yeah. And I think it was a, the first suggestion was six hours of Beavers and Butthead music videos. And it was one of the best nights of the year. It was a beautiful thing. It was because a mixture of Beavers and Butthead are really great and the best bits are them watching the music videos. Yeah. And I've bought the fucking box set DVD of all the Beavers and Butthead episodes. Yeah. But probably because of copyright, they don't have any of the songs on them. So they're just... Do they the, not? No, no, no. So it's just like the episodes. That. And the episodes are great, but that's not why I bought the box set. No. I, think I was really looking forward to this. And then someone's just pirated the fucking thing and put it on YouTube. Oh, brilliant. So um, I'll put that in the YouTube playlist. Yes, fuck yeah. If that it. sounds like something that you're interested in. Enjoy. Um, I hope it hasn't been taken down because of copyright reasons. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it hasn't. It was up there the last time I looked. Oh, fingers crossed. Oh, well... I think we're going to end this portion of our podcast with some positive news stories from 2021 because, like we said, we don't really read the news, but it has been pretty dark and shit. But in amongst the dark and shit, there's been loads of good things. So we're just going to reel out some of the things that happened in 2020 that are really good. And we're using the very same website that we have we used last year. Um, I think we will probably make this a yearly thing because yeah. it is wonderful. And I would really recommend this thing. It's called Future Crunch. It has a section on it which is just called Good News, which is a blog. And they just, every, I think, like two weeks, they up, they just upload loads of different uh, news stories, which is what we're going to be doing. At the end of every year, they do like the 99 positive news stories of the year. Yeah. And last time we used that, but this time they haven't made that yet. Yeah. They have now, the bar. <laughs> so we went through every fucking good news story of the entire year, which was thousands I'm not thousands. Even but it was a really nice thing to do actually it turned out i did look at it and think oh for fuck's sake i wish they'd just done the hundred yeah but um but it was really good to do it so we it's picked beautiful. out our favorite ones it's all gonna be a bit random but yeah if you can follow future crunch you can get these new stories sent direct to your inbox i oh, believe i didn't know that that's so nice and their idea is basically their sort of tagline is if we want to change the story of the human race in the 21st century we have to change the stories we tell ourselves that is a fucking good and reason I think that's not a to beautiful, read the proper news a beautiful thing and you know it is it is just about the fact that do we have a negative society because we're being given constant negative news when loads of positive things are also happening mm-hmm. and we're only getting one side of the story exactly or are we negative and therefore we're given what we want. Mm. And, uh, and well, I'm I think, positive and I like positive news. Well, I think either way, we either of those versions we could do with some positive news. I completely agree. So should we do three each at a time? I think that sounds good. Yep, I've got mine kind of grouped as well, so that would make a little bit of sense, I hope. Go at it. Right, I'm going to start with... I'm going to start with some good news for the LGBTQ plus community. Canada is fast-tracking legislation to ban the practice of conversion therapy, and if successful, they will join Brazil, Ecuador, Germany and Malta, where the practice is already banned. So that's very good news, and it should be banned full stop. But that's a good move in the right direction. In Chile, landmark legislation has finally recognised same-sex marriage, and the victory comes after a four-year campaign by activists, and the new legislation will enable same-sex couples to adopt children. Chile joins a growing list of Catholic Latin American countries 
who have legalised same-sex marriages. And so that is big and important, being as Catholic countries are probably going to be the most behind on that. I believe Bolivia too. Bolivia, oh, there we go. And India, not that that's a Catholic country. Oh, but still, that's probably good. And another big step forward in Israel after the government lifted restrictions on blood donations by gay men follows the UK and the United States who both eased similar restrictions over the past year. So that's some good news, Dave, some good news from your end. You've just covered a few of mine. Yeah. So I'm not ignoring the LGBTQIA plus yes. community, um, but you've just said all the ones I already picked out. <laughs> but we'll see. Some some others might pick up. Mine's a bit chaotic. <laughs> uh, China, the most populated country in the world, registered almost 2 million less births last year compared to 2019. Yeah. It's excellent news for the environment. Fewer people means less consumption and less pressure on ecosystems. And it's part of a longer term trend too. China's population is now on track to peak in 2027. Okay. So that's really good. Hmm. Um, less humans is always good. <laughs> uh, they, Yeah, this one, I really like this one. Uh, again, mine are all very random. Yours, yeah. I think yours are uh, in groups a bit more. That's all right. Um, two years after girls in the United States were allowed into the Boy Scouts... Almost 1,000 have already achieved the top rank of Eagle Scout, a grade that only 6% of male Scouts could ever make. That's fucking cool. In Malaysia, lawmakers have passed new legislation mandating that drug addicts should be sent to rehabilitation rather than jail. The change of approach is part of the government's long-term plan to put science and public health before punishment and incarceration by giving addicts a second chance and helping them to reintegrate back into the community. And... They are very much not alone. Uh, There's a lot of uh, stories throughout this about basically drug addiction being treated as a a public health issue. Mm. The city of Denver is reporting real massive success with a programme that replaces armed police officers with healthcare workers for non-violent incidents, Mm. which I think is brilliant. So mental health clinicians are actually going out and dealing with crimes, but obviously in a more caring way. And low-level non-violent crimes will no longer be prosecuted in Baltimore. The city's temporarily suspended prosecution for drug possession, prostitution and misdemeanours. Fuck yeah. And prostitutes will no longer be prosecuted in Manhattan either. Mm, That is a big deal. That's amazing. It's fucking cool. I like this one. It doesn't initially sound particularly positive, but I think it is damn positive. 30 years ago, assisted dying was only legal in Switzerland. Since 2015, however... Belgium, Luxembourg, Canada, New Zealand, Spain, the Netherlands, Colombia, five Australian states, ten American states, and most recently, Portugal, have all legalised the practice. And campaigns in Catholic countries like Chile, Ireland, Italy and Uruguay are making slow but steady progress too. What were you saying about soil and green? Uh, yeah, I know, it's really bad. <laughs> but I think it's really, like, I, I, I really think, like, the choice... I think it's amazing. We, I mean, it's it's I a huge joking. thing to... Yeah, I know, of course. <laughs> but it's, it is obviously a huge thing to go into, but, like... Just the choice to end your life with dignity if you are in a situation whereby you are, you know, not enjoying life for whatever reason. I just think it's so important. And I just I just did not realise it was legal in any other country but Switzerland. So, yeah, in the last five years uh, or seven years, it's just really gone up. Some good news from Tanzania. Pregnant girls and teen mothers will now be allowed to go back to secondary education, which overturns a four-year ban... And Saudi Arabia has officially allowed single, divorced or widowed women to live independently in a house without permission from a father or any other male guardian. An adult woman has the right to choose where they live. Families can no longer file lawsuits against their daughter who choose to live alone. 
Well, just to add to that, just because I have one, the participation yeah. of women in the labour force in Saudi Arabia has surged by 64% in the last two years. Oh, my gosh. Um, so basically, because of what you're saying, really, um, reforms allowing women to drive and changes to the labour laws and things. And that's so really that's positive because I guess that historically that's not been a very woman-friendly... Uh, it's or not women extremely woman-unfriendly. <laughs> woman-unfriendly. <laughs> um, this I particularly love as well because I can't believe it ever existed. Workers with disabilities in Hawaii will be guaranteed fair wages after an old labour law that allowed employers to pay them less was given the boot. Welcome news for the 26,000 people who live in Hawaii with some form of disability. So equality rights improving all over the world. Can I just say something really interesting about these lists? Yeah. So we took half the year each. Yes. But of course, with, and there were, like I say, there was thousands and thousands of news stories and we both took all of these news stories and we just picked out the ones that we liked. Yeah. But of course, there is overlaps. Yeah. You know, so like some of them are from January and some of them are from December. Yeah. So some of them are like, they're more or less the same news stories, but maybe at slightly different points, points in, in the development. Progress. Yeah. We have picked out the same thing. from thousands oh, of these God. companies, almost the exact same ones. It's so strange. That's so weird. Um, Anyway, <laughs> in a quiet victory for animal welfare, 70 million hens have been raised cage-free in America over the past six years as the use of battery cages rapidly declines. For over 15 years, advocates have tirelessly campaigned against the inhumane practice, successfully shifting legislation and consumer trends. And progress continues, with Utah recently becoming the eighth state to completely ban battery cages. Mm. The coronavirus pandemic has been great for whales. Mm-hmm. Not as in the country, because I'm sure they're having the same time as we are, but <laughs> Wales. Not only did it help end commercial hunting, it also reduced underwater noise pollution, leaving whales free to communicate with one another and locate food without interruption. Ocean scientists are racing to collect data and hopes this rare silence gives whales a chance to return to their natural behaviours and have more complex conversations. Aww. So basically, they just needed to have been smiling at each other. Oh, well, I've got, that's so cute. <laughs> well, I've got some animal rights stuff as well. Um, after five years of pressure from animal rights activists, travel company Expedia will stop selling holiday packages that include performances by captive dolphins and whales as part of a global movement by travel companies to stop promoting unethical animal attractions. So that's good. Mexico has banned cosmetic testing on animals after Save Ralph, an animated film about a rabbit cosmetic tester, spurred 1.3 million people to petition for new legislation. Mm. Mexico is the first country in North America and the 41st country in the world to enact the ban. And the EU has voted to phase out the use of animals in lab experiments, calling for systemic changes to scientific research methods. Over 8 million animals, including monkeys, dogs, cats, rabbits, mice and rats, will be saved from the invasive experiment so that Europe carries out each year uh this one i love partly because it tells the story of kind of a recent change oh yeah prisons across america keeping in mind that we are definitely always fed the message that like prison populations in america are out of hand and crime is out of hand prisons across america are being repurposed into homeless shelters educational farms and even movie studios as years of declining crime rates force prison closures Thanks to alternative penalties and non- for non-violent crimes, the number of people incarcerated in the United States in 2020 plummeted by 1.7 million in comparison yeah. to 2019, which I think is amazing. Ecuador has become the latest country in Latin America to be swept up in the green wave abortion rights movement mm-hmm. following a ruling by the country's constitutional court decriminalising abortion in cases of rape. Never again will women be threatened with jail time, preventing them from making decisions about their reproductive life. 
Now, obviously, we could go a hell of a lot further with mm-hmm. that, but it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, and I've got a story that Chile has done the same. Efforts to force multinational companies to pay their fair share have taken a decisive step forward after the world's largest economies agreed to sweeping changes to the global tax system, setting an international minimum corporate tax rate of at least 15%. Nice. So in health news, uh, the HPV vaccine has reduced the cases of cervical cancer amongst young women in England by nearly 90% since 2008. Uh, Cervical cancer kills more than 300,000 women around the world each year, but that number is set to fall dramatically, with over 100 countries now using the vaccine as part of a global plan to eliminate the disease. Uh, I, that's fucking cool, seeing as cancer is like this uncurable thing. This one seems to be going the right way. The COVID pandemic might have had some positive influence over other flu va- variants dying. One of the four major flu viruses that circulate in humans might have gone extinct. The Yamagata virus has not been detected since April 2020 anywhere in the world. Together with the Victoria virus, it used to be responsible for somewhere between 290,000 and 650,000 global deaths every year. But it's disappearing. The US government authorised the Pause Act, Puppies Assisting Wounded Service Members for Veterans Therapy, authorising service dogs for veterans with PTSD. The dogs will learn how to shield a veteran from an overwhelming crowd or wake them up if they're having a nightmare. And at the end of the programme, the veteran trainers will be able to adopt the canine pupils. Well, if you were having a nightmare and you got woken up by I a lovely know. dog, that would probably be the best thing in the world. It's so cute. I love it. I'm woken up by a cat who is a fucking nightmare. Yeah, she is an absolute knob. Um, A study in The Lancet of 21 low, medium and high income countries has found that there has been no increase in suicide rates and that 12 of the countries actually recorded a decrease. This good news has been attributed to increased awareness, better access to mental health services, financial relief packages and new connection points within local communities. And on top of this, suicides in the United States decreased by 5.6% in 2020 easing fears that lockdowns would drive the rate up. Mm. It's the third consecutive year that suicide rates have declined amidst growing awareness of mental health problems Mm. and expanding range of support and crisis intervention services, which is fucking brilliant. There were absolutely loads of stories, um, which we just would no way could we cover, but about how countries, more and more countries, are getting rid of coal and fossil fuels generally. And one of the really interesting ones, which whilst... This is this is almost sad that this has to be the positive story because it's about money. Mm. But the thing that I found quite interesting is that one of the reasons why there's been such a massive change of people getting rid of coal is because according to the latest estimates, the vast majority of new coal power plants being planned around the world will not make back their upfront costs. So 92% of the facilities proposed or under construction globally would cost more to build than the future clash flow they would generate. And case in point, Chinese companies have financed 52 overseas coal projects worth a combined $160 billion. And it's one of the worst investment decisions of all time. Only one plant has gone into operation and 33 have been shelved or cancelled and loads more are planning to be cancelled. So basically, it's not worth anyone's money to create any factories for fossil fuels because they've become so... um, Obsolete. Obsolete. Fuck yeah. Bit of Norfolk positive news. Oh, hello. Yeah. Wild East, an innovative project in East Anglia in the UK, will rewild an area three times the size of New York City and create wildlife corridors across some of the country's most intensely farmed land. The project, initiated by three estate owners who all committed their land, aims to restore biodiversity to 618 acres by 2070. 
So that's a very long-term project, but that's really good. The electric vehicle revolution is happening far quicker than anyone realises. In Germany, 21.7% of all cars produced in July were electric, compared to the 6.8% in March 2020 and the 3.2% the year before. Meanwhile, in China, 17.8% of all new cars sold in August were either electric or hybrids, which is up 180% year on year. And Beijing, once known as one of the world's most polluted cities, recorded just 10 days of heavy air pollution last year, a drop of nearly 80% since 2015. On good days, residents now speak of Beijing blue. In July, I know, I just like that. that. just the sky? I I assume they mean the sky. It doesn't say anything else. I just like the idea of Beijing blue. It sounds like a kind of crystal meth. Or a condom. (laughs) In July 2021, the city, which is home to 21 million people, recorded its best monthly air quality since records began. Probably one of the biggest stories of this year, and I feel like it's something that I can't... I reckon people must have heard about. This must have made the the main news. Is that after nearly a century, an effective malaria vaccine um, is being trialled. And uh, it's recorded that at the moment it's got 77% efficacy and larger trials are now underway. So, I mean, that's mental if you think about it, how big of a thing that is. Hmm. And on the vaccine kick, a new study in The Lancet looking at the impact of 10 different diseases in low- and middle-income countries estimates that vaccines saved the lives of 37 million children between 2000 and 2019. For those born in 2019, increases in vaccine coverage and introductions of new vaccines will result in an estimated 72% reduction in lifetime mortality compared to those born in 2000. So sorry if you were born in 2000. (laughs) And another real biggie, which touched on something I think that you were saying about earlier, Mm. a new study has shown that cancer deaths in Europe have plummeted in the last three decades Mm. compared to the peak mortality rate recorded in 1988. 4.9 million cancer deaths will have been averted in the EU and over 1 million in the UK by the end of 2021. And I love these stories about how when shit is left alone, Mm -hmm. nature finds a way of getting back on course. An Alaskan archipelago, dubbed the Rat Islands, have become a shining example of how quickly nature can bounce back. 18th century shipwrecks introduced rats to the islands, almost destroying their fauna and flora. But in 2008, conservationists started a removal programme on Howardax Island, and within 11 years, the ecosystem has fully recovered. We were surprised that that level of recovery unfolded so quickly. We thought it would be longer, says Simon Daly. Oh. <laughs> a very good quote. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got one about nature recovering if we let it. Mm-hmm. The State of the Thames report, led by the Zoological Society of London, says the river is now home to 92 bird species and 115 marine species, including sharks, mm. <laughs> seahorses, <laughs> eels and seals. Water quality has improved too, with dissolved oxygen concentrations showing an increase from 2007 to 2020. Not bad for a river declared biologically dead in 1957. Jesus. Biologically dead, I did not know that, that's weird. Um, and I'll just do a couple more from around the world. Bangladesh, home to 160 million people, has been heralded as a development miracle as it celebrates its 50th year of independence. Since 1991, GDP per capita has increased sevenfold, 24 million people have been lifted out of poverty, life expectancy has risen to 73 years, infant and maternal mortality rates have fallen by a factor of five, and the literacy rate has increased from 35% to 74%. And I like this one. Following the legalisation of the drug Kratom 
in Thailand. Over 10,000 offenders have been released from prison and their criminal records wiped clean. Kratom leaves contain mitragynin, never heard of it, a substance that reduces pain and chronic symptoms of diabetes and high blood pressure. I'll finish with just a couple that I really wanted to say. If the state of the world keeps you up at night, you can rest a little easier knowing that the ozone layer is recovering faster than previously thought. Between 2012 and 2017, it looks certain to be delayed when a mysterious increase of an ozone-depleting gas called CFC-11 was traced back to China. But thanks to the country's quick response in reducing those emissions, scientists say the ozone layer is now back on track to heal to pre-1980s levels within the next 50 years. And actually, I must say, loads and loads of these and I've sort of skipped some of them because they're a bit boring and I have said a a few Chinese ones. China seems to be doing an awful lot of these sorts of environmental changes Mm. and there there seems to be loads of stuff going on there. So again it's like I think the general story being thrown around about China is that it's a scary place. Yeah, big bad polluting. Doing lots of bad things. And actually it seems like they're not. And uh, this one I think is brilliant to know, because mm-hmm. I'm sure this isn't in the news. Pakistan experienced a record drop in terrorism last year with a 45% decrease compared to 2019. Law enforcement agencies also averted more than half of terror threats in 2020 and recovered 72,227 weapons and 5 million rounds of ammunition. It's a part of a longer trend. There's been an 86% reduction in terror attacks since 2013 and a 97% decline in suicide bombings. Hey. Isn't that fucking crazy? Again, fucking I guarantee that's not on the news. Exactly. Fear, fear, fear. But actually, the world's all right. Just got to look. Just got to look, ain't you, David? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what is all right. Some of the best music that's come out this year. Yeah. This song is from a band called, and forgive me for this, Et on Twer Tu Le Afru. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm doing it. And the song is called Epidem. This song is from their album Monch Tesmort. I've probably said that wrong as well. <laughs> which is available via Toxic What's It. And they've got a sale on at the minute. It's 20% off at toxicwhatsit.co.uk if you use the code Fuck the Tories, all caps, no spaces. So this is Et on Twer Tu Le Afru with Epidome.
This week's trashy movie for review is Noah's Shark from 2021. This wood is possessed. The soul of the evil has soaked into that board. You really want to know the secret of the ark, the lost fourth son of Noah, and of the demon. I have to go to work. I know the Witch of Endor was real. We aren't the first to go looking for the Ark. A fame-seeking televangelist and his film crew set out to find the fabled Noah's Ark, but discover it is guarded by both an ancient curse and a prehistoric great white shark. This film... Oh, is that it? Is that all it says? Uh, yeah, are you surprised? <laughs> I mean, there's more than enough. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this film, at its one hour, 11 minutes, and its 1.5 IMDb rating, was, you know, an hour and a bit of my life. I mean, it's for a, for a film that is an hour and 11 minutes, it repeats so many of the same <laughs> shots and, like, scenes. There's one bit where they have a scene that they just repeat the entirety of at the end. Yeah. For no reason that I can work out. Oh my god! So we should let's just give a little bit of backstory yeah. very quickly because the film's so shit. We're not going to say much about that. Yep. We had planned. Our idea was last on our first ever podcast. Mm-hmm. We did Snake Out of Compton. Yeah. And so we decided we would do another like animal parody film. Yeah, a bit like there's that film studio that's like Asylum Film Studios that yeah. makes all of the, the like fake versions of. Yeah. The big films that but came out. But they seem to have, A, stopped making them, because they make just, like, their own films. Yeah. And, B, they got quite big, so they've got a really big budget. Yeah. So we, I wish we hadn't, but we stayed away from them specifically. Yeah. And thought, we'll find, there's loads of these films, we'll find one. And we thought, let's make it, as this is the 2021 episode, we'll make it one from 2021. Yeah. We thought, last night, when we watched it, that we'd found the perfect fucking film. Siobhan yeah. did a... What, I don't know where you found it from, but she found a film called CIA Ape. <laughs> about a CIA agent who was an ape. Yeah. And we were like, fuck yes. We watched the the trailer. The trailer looked crap, but yeah. like it was going to be crap fun. Crap good, yeah. And we were like, this is the one. Yeah. So we sat down, as we always do the night before making this podcast, yeah. to watch CIA Ape. We put it on... And after five minutes, we realised that it was literally a film that was made for, like, ten-year-olds. Yeah, and not in an even watchable way. It was just painful. There was just no way we were going to be able to review it. So we gave up after 20 minutes and we were like, fuck, we've got to find one that fit." You know, normally we just pick whatever shit film we can find. But this time we actually had a criteria. And so I vaguely remembered that when looking through something, I'd seen this one called Noah's Shark. And I had a feeling that it might be a Christian film. So, like a Christian horror film. Because there's a few of them around at the moment. And so that's why I kind of... Well, actually, that's not why we didn't do it. The reason we didn't do it is because Siobhan found CIA. CIA, Which could have been the greatest film ever made. And it might still be. I mean, 20 (laughs) minutes was too much. Definitely wasn't. Um, so we landed with this. So we just said, "Fuck film. it, we're just going to have to go with Noah's Shark. We haven't got a choice." We put it on hour and ten minutes. We thought, "All right, easy, easy, no problem with Noah's Shark." 
What what did you enjoy about this film, Siobhan? Did I enjoy anything? Um, no. <laughs> it was the kind of film I watched that I thought, God, who allowed this film to be made? Who made it? Why has it been made? And we went on to find that this man who produced this, who wrote and produced this film, has made so many films. Something like forty to fifty it's, films it's in over, his name. It's over forty films that yeah. he's directed and produced. So I weirdly, so we didn't know this at the time at all. We just watched the film without knowing anything about it. Yeah. But it's made by a guy called Mark Polonia that used to make films with his brother called John Polonia. They mm. were the Polonia brothers, and they made. 40 films together or they made probably 20 films together and then the other one died and this yeah. guy just continued doing it but he made this film called splatter farm mm. which i remember really clearly coming out on vhs in the sort of like early noughties or something and everyone was like oh this is a, like a classic really low budget horror movie from mm. the 80s. and i came really close to buying it once i remember i clearly remember i can see the fucking box and I didn't for some reason, so I've never seen it. Mm. But it is definitely, it's like, if you had said, this guy made Splatter Farm, I'd have been like, oh, that's that really low-budget film that yeah. was, like, everybody thought was really good. Um, no one would say that about this. I can't believe that that was good. But, I mean, if this is 40 films later, that one must have been... I mean, it was famously, like, made on a VHS camcorder. <laughs> so, in hindsight, I can imagine it would probably be pretty dreadful. But you would have no idea that this man had ever made a film before. Yeah. I mean, it, bo- it boggled my mind that they had actors that agreed to do this. <laughs> well, and... one of the actors can't stop laughing in the entire thing. She's really like... <laughs> That's obvious... smirking. Yeah. And, stuff, yeah. and she, oh, they're just, they're all so bad. So this arc, they've decided, is in this bit of sea, slash when they get there, it's definitely just a pond, oh, somewhere God. between many different countries, but they're going to go through Iran to get there because yeah. it's in a sea between Uzbekistan and all these other places. But Iran they... looks ex- really a lot like the Philadelphia woods. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and they've found a woman to pretend to be some kind of fighter that they find in Iran. Oh, and she's got, um, a, she's got a, a machine gun. She's got a pretend little machine gun. That, like, literally makes the noise of, like, pew, 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 pew. pew, pew. pew. And they have a little so pretend weird. flashlight oh, on the end. So that's like a CGI flame, I think. <laughs> yeah. And then the, like, comic relief turns up and is trying to talk to her. And at some point he says the, he says the phrase, war crimes are a bitch, even Terry Taliban has a phone these days. <sighs> and I don't even know to what it was referring. <laughs> I was like... What the fuck is going on? There's um, a lovely bit where there's a priest looking at a piece of wood that someone brought back once because part of the story is someone's gone to find this ark before but there's some witch hiding it or put a curse on it so people don't come back well. The storyline makes no I mean, story main, I mean, the story. there is no storyline. So he's looking at this piece of wood and he goes, I know the witch's story is true because this plank of wood is possessed. And then he does an exorcism on a piece of wood, which is just really fucking weird. But they, that's which... the scene that they re-show again. Oh, yeah, they show Because the... then it, it bursts into flames yeah. with CGI flames. And, I mean, they're so bad. Like, you wouldn't put that on a film once. No. But they, they were obviously proud, super proud Showed of it. Showed the whole thing they, twice. They did it twice. Um, someone screamed, spank the devil out of me at one point. And I thought, <laughs> oh, no, is this a dick shark? Have we gone down the wrong... Are we going to watch a porn film? But luckily, the uh, the sexy bit ends pretty soon. The intro music sounds like a rape alarm. 
<laughs> oh my god, it's horrible. <laughs> it's just a noise, yeah. really high pitched, like dogs might run at you noise. Yeah, it's like if if you could hear a dog whistle. Yeah, it's what I imagine that must be like. It's fucking awful. So yeah, there's loads of shitty bits. The shark, you've got lots of umbrage with the shark because at some point it's a model jumping out of a puddle. Sometimes it's a blow up fin. The blow up fin is so <laughs> obvious as well. It literally looks like a balloon. Like you can see the seam. Yeah. And I think you can even see the like the little hole that you blow it up. Yeah, with. and you can see the puffy bits where it's like it's slightly gone down. Yeah, just obviously a balloon. <laughs> and sometimes this shark is swimming in an ocean, but when you look at the pond that they're looking at, they have like underwater shots where you can see the ground and also the top. Yeah. So they could only be in about like four inches of water. But it'll be like <laughs> it'll be something like yeah, like a man will be standing on the edge of a small stream. Yeah. And then it will show the shark's fin coming at him, but then the camera will show the sea <laughs> with the shark jumping Swimming, out of it. Yeah. And then it will cut back to the man who's still standing by a stream. Like, it just doesn't... And then the shark jumps out and, and bites his face off. Yeah, and all of those sharks are different versions of a shark. <laughs> yeah. So one of them's a blow-up fin, one of them's a CGI shark. Yep. The one that jumps out is kind of, I think it's still CGI, but it's the different... Although looking. I think it's like a weird like model that they're just hitting the man oh with. God. It's complete horse shit. I mean, yeah, I, I'm glad it was only an hour and ten minutes, but I really did think that it felt longer than that. How about you? Anything uh, extra that you loved about this film? I mean, to be honest, I've written down everything I like, and and it's a one point, and he just says the priest's collar is very wide. <laughs> <laughs> That's about as far as it got. Just because, and in hindsight, that's even a really negative thing because they'd obviously just not put the effort into even go to a Halloween store and get yeah. like a priest outfit. I don't know how they made the thing, but it's incredibly wide. It's incredibly wide. Uh, Noah has an obvious fake beard. I really like that. Oh, that's really stuck on. In fact, there's a lot of, like, strings you can see. There's someone wearing a mask at one point, and they're like, I can't get it off his face. It's like it's a bit of his face. And I'm like, I can see the string around the side of the paper mask that he's wearing. It's literally like a children's mask. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an absolute... And and there's this bit where they pick it off of a of a um, fence and they're like I think this has been here for hundreds of years and I'm like I can see through it it's a paper mask yeah, <laughs> like someone it's just like put a that plastic there. children's <laughs> fucking Halloween yeah, mask exactly oh my god oh it's so shit they drive everywhere in a small Kia car yeah and at beautiful. one point they end up in Iran <laughs> but they've driven there from what I can make out it's really hard because it's I only worked out that they were supposed to be in Iran like way later on oh yeah like they'd already been there for a while but I'm pretty sure that they leave Philadelphia or wherever they are in their Kia. Yeah. And then they turn up in this place that has snow on the floor. And then from the point it has snow on the floor, they're in a ram. Yeah. But there's no explanation of how they just drove there in a small car. Um, the only other thing that I quite liked a little bit is there's one bit that's sort of got some sort of death character, like a hooded character, that I think might end up being the witch, but it isn't really clear. Yes. But the point is, is that somebody sees this character in the distance and the character runs, sort of walks off. But they walk off in fast motion for no reason. <laughs> I love it when people walk in fast motion. Um, I honestly think that's it. it. It's dog shit. Yeah. It's like, it, it. I'm not sure if it's the worst film we've ever watched because it does at least have the decency to be an hour and ten minutes long. Yeah. But I think before I decide whether it's the worst film we ever watch, I want to ask you a question. Yeah. Was this a Christian film? I, I think it might be. Because there's no mention of it being a Christian film on like anywhere there's no evidence that this guy 
this John Polona, Mark Polona, yeah. is a Christian or has made other Christian films. He's made films such as... I mean, they've all got well, really Splatter good titles, Farm. in fairness. He's made Sharkula, Hell on the Shelf. That sounds good. Hell on the Shelf! Uh, this one's good. Jurassic Shark 2, Aquapocalypse. Is that what they did there? <laughs> good point. Um... Invasion of the Empire of the Apes, <laughs> which is a lot. You know, so they've done shark encounters of the third kind. Oh He's made gosh. a lot of shark films. He must have been using that same blow-up film. Oh, for a long my time. gosh. But the point being, Bigfoot versus zombies, the point being that there's no suggestion, as far as I can make out of any other that has, you know, Noah's shark is obviously going to be. But a lot of it, and, and uh, I read a review of this film, which, by the way, gave it a 3.5 out of 5. What? And basically said it was the best film this man's ever made. By the way, he made a film called Muckman. That's good. <laughs> we'll probably do that or something. Yeah. But um, but a lot of it, like the script, and the reason that this review gives it a good review is because it says the script is really well written. That's but great. I was thought, and I don't know the Bible well enough to be able to say this, but I thought that the vast majority of the script was just people reading from the Bible. That's what it felt like. But I think that maybe what they did was it was like readings from the Bible, but it was also stuff to make their story work. So they changed yeah. the Bible. So if they changed the Bible, that would suggest it's not a Christian film. And they added an extra witch that I don't think could have ever been in it. What, the, the, the witch of Endor, you mean? Yeah, the, the, which the, sounds like Lord the, of the Rings. Well, the planet, literally the planet from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah. I there mean, we go. Yeah. But, so I'm not sure. I think if this was actually a Christian film, I would mark it lower for a number of reasons. One, because I don't want to watch any Christian films. <laughs> But more so out of consideration for anybody who does believe in Christianity, because this film is the absolute worst advert for your lifestyle that there could possibly be. (laughs) I mean, if this man made Noah's shark thinking he was going to get people to become... Jump on board. To get on board with Christianity, then he was going to put a few people off. He's very misled. He's definitely not done it well. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I mean, it was basically like Dick Shark, but without tits and with God. Yeah. Uh, but it did have the decency of being a third of the length. <laughs> yeah. Oh my Dick God. Shark, so a third yeah. of the length. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that film. Well, on IMDb, it's got a one point five, and I was yeah. like, "Where is this point five coming from?" <laughs> when I was flicking through and seeing only uh, one star reviews, and I found the two ten star reviews are definitely real. Oh, definitely real because there's two people involved in making this film yeah. I remember so that's going to be them well check out these really real reviews I'm definitely gave this review a very best review Who's <laughs> that a Russian bot <laughs> this actor awesome CGI is top notch very well made you won't regret it very entertaining movies ever very sharp and wit and script very best ever this really made my day better than any MCU movies whatever that is <laughs> And this one, which is titled Very Good Film with an Interesting Plot. <laughs> I really enjoyed this film. Very well casted with good CGI and a funny yet interesting plot. I really like the shark because it has a good backstory and nice voice lines. Oh, my Christ. Well, the shark so, doesn't even talk. I know. It certainly doesn't have any voice lines. So that's why, um, you know, this has got... Because all the others are like, this is horseshit. What the actual fuck did I just do with my life? Which is probably closer to the review that I would give it. Yeah, totally reasonable. Yeah. Well, you, you are literally giving it a review at the moment. So. Cool. <laughs> I mean, it's getting a... Can I give it any points? No, no redeeming features. I, I like Because I just thought, maybe someone will say something really funny. And Spank the Devil out of me was alright. But, <laughs> but that's quarter of a point is probably what I'll get that. Quarter of a point. Oh, I liked when he did an exorcist on a bit of wood. No, I don't know. I don't know. 
It's not important. Just it's, pick it's a number. 0. 0.5. <laughs> 0. 0.5 out of 10. This was trash and I would never I wouldn't recommend anyone watch it. It was the worst one of the worst films I've ever seen. Yeah. I'm going to give it 0.01. Yep. And the 0.01 is purely for the priest's wide collar. <laughs> 0.01's worth of review for a collar. That sounds fair. Do not under any circumstances watch Noah's Shark. Yep. It is on YouTube in its entirety I found out with I think something like Russian subtitles. <laughs> so if you want to go at it. And if you fancy watching CIA and getting further than we got, and if it does turn out to be really good, let us know and then we'll watch it. Yeah. I mean, tell you the truth, we watched Santa with Muscles last episode and we didn't really enjoy it very much. But I would say CIA was probably aimed at the same audience. We should have just stuck with it. Yeah. We made such a cock up. We've really fucked up. Well, well. <laughs> well, let's move on to some more music. Yay. Um, so I've just realised, it's just struck me that... We haven't yet, and nor are we going to, play a single song on this episode of the podcast in English. That's crazy. (laughs) So the four... Because I'm going to play an old one, and so the other four songs that we're playing, which are our favourite songs of... or some of our favourite songs of 2020... Yeah, and they're all bands we've played on the previous year. Yeah. Yeah. They are all non-English speaking Speaking. songs. Yeah. That's incredible, isn't it? I love it. So, to keep with that, to make this into a theme, because I'm very clever, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with... A band called La Fraction, who are from Paris. This is going to be two French bands in oh, yeah. a row as well. It's not from the 90s, like a lot of my picks seem to be. <laughs> this one's from 2006. Um, it's from their album La Vie Ravie, mm-hmm. which is a fucking brilliant album. They're a fucking brilliant band. I don't think they're strictly still going at the moment, but to my knowledge, they've never actually split up. There's one like single they released a few years after this, and I saw them in London... Probably about 12 years ago, would be my guess. And they were fucking brilliant. So this is Jiray Le Cherche. (laughs) Yeah, I hope it's that. (laughs) I think that's right. Jiray Le Cherche. Le Cherche. By La Fraction. Nice.
So that is it for our celebration of the year 2021. <laughs> We've been doing this podcast for a whole year. A whole year now. We talked about this a little bit on the Patreon extra episode. Ooh. So let's not go over ourselves too much. Yep. You know, we've got to keep that behind a paywall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> a paywall. I love it. But it's crazy, isn't it? It is actually fucking we, mad. Again, we said this on the other one, but we've made definitely over 50 hours of podcasting. Oh, my God. And I think it's like... I Wait, think it's quite like, a bit more than It that. might be 60 or something. Yeah. I'm not sure. It's an awful lot of talking yeah. into a microphone. That is... It's done. weird. It was pretty much this time a year ago that we went after years of you trying to convince me to do it because it was it was about a year's worth of sure should we do a podcast and I was like oh I don't know I don't know yeah. to then this time last year going okay let's do it and do you know what let's do it tomorrow and we're like ah shit what are we going to talk about and now it's been a whole year yeah that's crazy so thank you so much to everybody that's ever listened to this thing yeah. particularly if you're listening now right at the end of this episode yeah um, and thank you to all the bands that will let us play their songs and to just you know don't know, that's it, my mum and dad. Yeah. yeah. Um, Skeffington, you've been a great help. Yeah, the cat has started every time we record a podcast now. She we we have to pull her up a chair. Yeah, she's Because if we get up for even a second she gets on it. So she's been here the whole time. Yeah. She's like the third host of Breakfast. She bites. tried to purr into the microphone, but she wasn't quite loud enough. She did. I think there's been a few snoring episodes. So yeah. that, that might come out. Who knows? <laughs> um but yeah, so uh, as we said, we've set up a Patreon now, uh, patreon.com forward slash breakfast punks podcast so if you did want to support us in any way please head over to there and do so we would really very much appreciate it um but equally no pressure whatsoever if you just enjoy listening to this podcast and you want to continue enjoying this podcast we are not asking you for any money (laughs) you know just relax and enjoy it and we really appreciate you just for listening Yay. Um, as ever, uh, we will make a YouTube playlist for this episode, which is up at Breakfast Punks Podcast on YouTube. And uh, get in contact with us if you want to, to for any reason. ShamCityRoasters at gmail.com or via probably Instagram, which is at Breakfast Punks Podcast. And also, <laughs> in huge news, oh, uh, I and Siobhan both respectively have downloaded the TikTok app. <laughs> We are yet to post anything on it. We, well, we haven't even tried anything. to do anything we with it. We haven't really even logged in yet. But it is our intention this year, partly for the Patreon and partly just generally to try and get the word out a bit, to start using something called Reels, which apparently, apparently Reels is an, a part of Instagram, which I wasn't even aware of. Yep. Um, and I think we discussed Javon's first attempt. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I also don't. I'm obviously not aware of it either. Oh, look, his driving through Norfolk loads. <laughs> I'm fairly sure that TikTok and Reels are more or less the same, so we figured we might as well do both. So if you happen to be on TikTok, find us. Are we Breakfast Punks Podcast? I don't know. I think so. <laughs> Teach us. We, if you've got any clues. Hopefully by the next episode we will have worked out something about TikTok and we'll be able to say more about it at this <gasps> juncture. So you can look forward to that. I think that's everything. Yeah, I think so. So we'll end with one last song. Uh, again, it's a band that we played on the podcast last year who released some of the best music from 2021. And it's Generation Suicida. And the song is Fuego. They're a band from LA. And this song is from their Regeneration LP. One of the, my favourite bands of the last five oh, years. Yeah. Whatever it is. Fucking brilliant. It's band. just so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this song is banging. So we'll leave you with that and we'll say goodbye. 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 (laughs) This is Generation Suicida. (laughs) 